Well, hey there, it's Target to the Party. He's Bill Munderland, Daniel Roos, we've gone Fuck the Souls, Barry's Piece of Me, we missed the first time around. We also watched the Disney Through the Decade, but this time it's not Disney Through the Decade. This time we're conquering one of our big white whales, and just like a whale, it's bloated and full of fat, but it this is. whale beached itself, and it stinks because it's dead and rotting, and it's also full of feces. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Yay! It's the Mount Everest of unfunniness. <laughs> <laughs> we're climbing that goddamn mountain today. We're singing the Price is Right yodeling song. All the way to the top. Ever since I was born, people have talked about what a hilarious comedy. It's a mad, so mad, 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 Okay, I'm glad to see it's not world just me. The world has been, it's a lot, it is one of the greatest comedies of all time. It's got every comedian from the era in it. And you know, comedians are only as funny as the material they're given. And I kinda Hey, can you tell this was this... Guy was not known for comedies. I kind of get the feeling that this movie, they, they, they kind of do, they, they kind of tried to do what they do with like, was it Paul Feig and Ghostbusters, the, the, the Ghostbusters not remake, but the Lady Ghostbusters movie and all these other movies today, where they just try to get funny people and they don't actually write a script. They just, they just think, I, they just think if we get I enough heard... funny people and put them in the room together, something interesting will happen. We don't have to write funny dialogue. Except I, I think I, I heard one of the people in this movie being interviewed, and they said it was all on the page already. And no. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, so we both grew mm. up in an era where most of the people in this movie were still... They, they were still around. They were already old and over the hill and not particularly funny, but at least we knew of, like, Jonathan Winters and... Well, well, yeah. So which people in this movie did you grow up uh, kind of knowing about and stuff? I kind of knew about them all, but yeah. I, I don't think I really watched like, anything since... most of them were on, aside from Jonathan Winter, since he was in Morgan Mindy. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny, because this is like one of the first things I guess Jonathan Winters did, which... Cinema-wise, yeah. Cinema-wise, yeah, exactly. And I, it's interesting, it's too, because I think actually we're really well prepared to talk about this movie, because we've done so many old-timey comedies we've at least mm. done some buster keaton movies and stuff like that and so at least we have a kind of a firm knowledge of where this movie's coming from and in, in its attempt to pay tribute to the the funny men of yesteryear even though the funny men of yesteryear don't get to do anything funny at all even less than the modern the quote-unquote modern day people get to do um mm -hmm. and this this movie yeah, I've always just heard about this movie just by reputation, especially modern-day film fans who seem like they've browbeaten themselves into, like, I, you know what, today, I don't think we're going to be reviewing, at least me, I'm not going to be reviewing this movie as much as the people claim to love it. <laughs> and not to say, I'm yeah. sure this, people, this movie has its legitimate fans, I'm not saying that everyone who likes this movie is pretending. But there's definitely a certain kind of film fan, especially these days, people who grew up reading about movies or just uh, hearing about them through YouTube videos and stuff, I think they kind of brainwash themselves into feeling obligated to love some old movies just because uh, some old movies are just filled with enough classic stuff that they're just like, how could you not love it? It's got all these names in it. And I am yeah. emboldened by the fact that if you go back and actually read a lot of the uh, uh, reviews of this movie as it came out at the time, I think a lot of those reviewers are actually kind of on our side on this, in that 
we respect the ambition of this movie and and the scale of its cast and everything like that, mm -hmm. but it's just not that funny. It's way too long. Yeah. Wait, even for uh, even for contemporary audiences in 1963, we're just like this movie's way too long, way too repetitive. And I should also point out too, we are watching. I think it's the longest version of the movie because there's like three different cuts of this out there. I figured if we were going to do this, this is my pick. It's Mad, 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 Mad World. It was always one of the first things I always uh, wrote down yeah, and put on here. my list when we started this podcast. Just because, again, yeah, just by reputation. I was like, we got to talk about that someday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I figured if we're going to watch this, we're going to watch the whole goddamn thing. Especially because, like, I knew if we came out and talked about a shortened version of the movie, some people would be like, Oh, well, if you watch the whole version, there's other parts that you missed that would have improved the film. No, we were watching what is supposed to be the reconstituted premiere roadshow version of the movie that's like three-plus hours long. Yeah. And it's actually just even from a, a movie uh, a document, like from a movie uh, uh, preservation perspective, I thought this it was this was an interesting thing to watch because there was a lot of shit. Yeah. Because the, this restoration effort, obviously, they could not find all of the original footage. And so you can mm -hmm. visibly tell every time it's jumping to a deleted scene because the, suddenly the, the film footage just looks like something that someone found under a, underneath some Vietnamese kid's bed in, like, <laughs> 1972. Like, the print's all fucked up and stuff like that. Uh, there's a couple bits where there's not even actually any actual video. It's just audio overlaid with publicity mm -hmm. stills. And there's at least one scene where there's, like, Indonesian subtitles bur burned in the film <laughs> that they couldn't get rid of. In, in the deleted scenes that have been edited back into the film. So it was kind of interesting just to watch from that perspective, like how they kind of bolted together, retroactively bolted together this, what was the version of the movie that everyone saw when it first came out. And, but still. Well, uh, the original cut was 210 minutes. The restored cut is 197. So. Oh, so we're still missing a couple minutes? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> That was the original cut. The premiere cut was 192. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't even know what that means, but... We watched a long version know. of this movie. Let's, we, we, no, yeah, we're yeah. not watching... Like, I, I was actually... To watch along as we talked about it, I was going to fire it up on uh, on iTunes, and the iTunes version is like the two and a half hour version, so I guess that's the shortest version that's out there, which... And that's you the... can cut so much out of this and fucking thing. And not even, thing. like, whole scenes, but just even the individual scenes that l remain even in the shortened version of the movie. The pacing is so slow. Just to show people driving one from one place to another, it'll just be, like, five minutes of people weaving in and out of traffic and not even the funny kind of car chase hijink stuff, but just, like, here's five minutes of merging into traffic. It's like that... What's the episode of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 where it's, like, mostly just footage of airplanes refueling? This is, like, the car version of that. <laughs> and that's... And, like, yeah, they could have cut out, like, 20 minutes of this movie if they just edited it tightly. Like, even you can keep yeah. it all the same scenes, but... And, and I... I know we're also approaching this from... It still wouldn't have been funny, though. How old is this? This movie's almost, what, 60 years old? We're recording this in 2020, and this came out in 20... Uh, this movie came out in 1963? It's yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to slag on it too hard, because, like, just for even more context... I do! <laughs> Just for even more context, like just recently on YouTube, I started watching this video series by this YouTuber who is going back to play old NES games because his only context for old Nintendo franchises are 
he's just he was introduced to Nintendo through Smash Brothers, and so he's made this YouTube series about like, okay, I not only know Link and Zelda from Smash Brothers, so I'm gonna go back and try to play the old Zelda games, get some context for where this stuff came from. And the series is not quite as hyperbolic as you would think. It's not like every YouTube uh, channel thumbnail for his videos is like him making a face going, <gasps> Zelda's horrible! But he is like, he is trying to give each of these games an honest swing, but he's still like, this is bullshit. And so... Oh no, I, <laughs> the, even even trying to play the original Zelda back in the day, it was, you know, unless you had a guy. Yeah, it was still that bullshit. Was, it was it was so bullshit. And so I want to be like that where I'm not, like, I'm trying to give... Like, I want to at least, yeah, give this movie the benefit of the doubt and give it the benefit of context. But I, uh, like I said, I'm heartened by the fact that even reviewers at the time were like, mm, this, and I watched a video from fucking professional child murderer John Landis last night defending the movie, <laughs> where he's like, this movie's not funny, and it's way too long, but it's hilarious. He's like, any movie oh. that has this has got to be hilarious. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, the movie could just be boring with a couple good parts in it. But like, but it doesn't have a couple good parts. I can't. Hey, you I know think what? I, Any... There were like, there were like two. I can't even remember what they were, but there were like two line readings where I was like, oh, that was a funny line. Yeah. reading. And everything else. Buddy Hackett and Mickey <laughs> Rooney are so bad. They're just doing their own Mickey shtick. Rooney just yells a lot. That's all he does. That is the weird thing. These characters don't necessarily interact that well. Because, like, Buddy Hackett and Mickey Rooney, they're not, like... They don't act like friends. They're just kind of doing their own independent shtick just next to each other. But they're not, like... It's... And Buddy Hackett's just doing his thing where he's just like... Bleh, 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 and then Mickey Rooney's just like... Bleh, 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 bleh. And... I, it's... And even, like... I don't even understand why some of the people are in this movie. Because, like, Milton Berle... I know he's more of a stand-up comedian, he's not like a fiscal actor, but he doesn't do any- there's not one funny thing that Milton Berle does in this movie. No. He's just there, and like, Sid Caesar? If I had not known that Sid, C Sid Caesar was a comedian, and like, worked with like, Carl Reiner and those guys, I would have assumed he was just, just a straight man actor they hired for this movie, because he, he- and I, I get that everyone's not supposed to be doing shtick all the time, because the characters are all supposed to be different, and like, different personalities. But person any of people, the time would have been you, great. That's the thing! At least- <laughs> At least Jonathan Winters, he gets to be kind of a big, dumb idiot, which Jonathan Winters always did great at, and he gets to tear apart. That's the thing. You know, that's the other thing. When everyone says that their favorite scene from this movie is the, the gas station get, get, gets ripped apart, which is a Ugh. pretty funny... I, it's, it's, I, mm. I appreciate, like, the work I, put I'll, into it. Okay, yeah. But yeah. I'll say that. I appreciate the, like, effort <laughs> they went to to tear that place apart and all this, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But like everything else, it goes on forever. Yeah, that's the that it would be. It would actually be funny if they tightened it up. But but it's so slack and so long. It goes on for so long, and not like it gets funnier because it's so long kind of way. But mm -hmm. if they had just like again, just just with, with like it's not like they invented editing after this movie came out. Like you can make <laughs> edit things. Like there's so many movies like His Girl Friday and shit from the 1930s have such zippy editing. I mean, for our times, it's still not as zippy as stuff. But you know what I mean. If you had, yeah. If if you actually took the um, chops and the editing prowess of a lot of the zany 1920s and 30s movies that this movie's trying to kind of trying to pay homage to, and actually applied it to this movie, it would be a better movie. But yeah. no, it's trying to pay homage to that stuff while well, this, uh, it's just, 
has just the super slack editing. And like I said, the script's not that great, but like, I, I don't want to see longer versions of this movie. I want to see the 90 cut, 90 minute cut version of this movie. And like I said, you don't necessarily cut out whole scenes. You can just tighten up everything that's already there. And man, it is, God, I'm trying to, it's, and like reading all the like the, all the YouTube or all the all the like IMDb, you kept all this week you kept on sending me bits of trivia about this movie from IMDb, <laughs> and like the fandom is so up on their farts about this movie. Everyone's high on their own farts, both the people mm. who made this movie and the fandom around it, where everyone's just like, oh, what was yeah. it? Jack Benny says, well, like everyone was was well, hanging okay, on so... bated breath for Jack Benny to <laughs> no, say no, his one no. line. No, no, no. What the what the trivia was was. The director told Jack Benny he could do his the pause before he says his <laughs> famous line, well, as long as he could. And it was so long, everybody was trying not to laugh on the set so hard. And, and then they wound up editing it shorter. I, anyway. I, I, the, and it's fucking... I don't know, man. Maybe the context of the era and the time, knowing Jack Benny and his well. Yeah, but, I, but God, today... That is not like, a timeless bit. And man, it's... Could you imagine not knowing who Jack Benny is? And that dude rolls up. <laughs> she says, Ah, we don't need you! And he says, Well, and drives off. You're well, like, imagine not knowing Well, who that? The, what? Imagine not knowing who the three stooges are. And then you wonder why three old dying <laughs> men are just standing around for one shot. <laughs> it's just like... And, like, I, again, I feel a little bad, too, because also we're also living in the age of the internet. And the internet has fucked up everyone's sense of humor so much just because the True. internet, like... And, like, within just, like, a decade or two, like... <laughs> but even but, if you're watching this in the year 2000 or, like, in the 90s, I, it would I still be a slog. Like yeah, it's, it's... If this movie was actually funny, it would have been watched in my house. Yeah. My dad yeah, loved that's... comedies, and... We would have watched it. Yeah, I feel like maybe it was on at some point in the background, but I, we, I don't. We didn't own it. Yeah, and, uh, our we didn't parents rent were, it. were fans of the people who were in these in this movie too. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a movie that seems to like its legacy seems to keep on surviving in spite of itself, and mostly mm -hmm. through 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 fans who like who are high on their own farts about this movie. That's maybe that's the thing that mystifies me about this movie. Where we uh, we're not here to we're not here to. to to damn this movie or tell you I wanted to like it but it's like really like what the who the fuck cares <laughs> I was hoping to have at least a couple funny parts in it at least I, I mean, wanted to like okay. it any movie that is Jimmy Durante as a guy named Smiler Grogan who drives <laughs> off a cliff that's inherently good it's all executed terribly, but the idea is good <laughs> any movie that ends with everyone turning into dolls and being thrown off a rooftop that's gonna be good, but again, there's so much crap on top of that and below it. It's hard to like sift through the rubble of this movie to pick out all the little tiny little grains of good bits. But should tiny, we just get into like tiny little grains? The I guess we really do. You did do take notes for a blow by blow because originally yeah. you sent me. You were like, I'm not taking a blow by blow notes for this shit. Fuck this! And then you were like, I'm watching it again. I'm taking notes. I guess we're gonna move on. Move on, move on. So why can't you watch well, it the second time? Because I, I took me a week to get through the first half of this fucking movie. I had you watched uh, it twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what happened there? I don't know, okay. man. I, I started. I was just. I, well, so oh, here's the God. thing. Why? Why I was able to do that with this movie in particular? Mm -hmm. Well, you said you always watch no. the stuff like double speed too, right? 
not no 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 it's like 1.5 oh, okay. but anyhow but the second time i watched it i was just gonna take you know various notes about this not necessarily scenes but stuff i wanted to take notes yeah, on exactly, yeah. but there's such huge swaths where nothing happens i was able to catch up with what had just happened and write the whole my whole usual note oh that's out. what you didn't have to like pause the movie or anything no yeah. i st- i st- I didn't get more pages than I usually do. I only got seven. I usually get eight yeah. of notes. So for take that from what you will that it's one page less than my usual yeah. and it's twice the amount of time. Vast stretches of, of nothing a, happening a in this movie. movie. And like, oh my again, with the trivia too, and like watching, like you sent me a YouTube video of essentially just a rip of like, I guess the like hour long documentary about the making of this movie that was comprised mostly of like... Um, Interviews from the 80s for most of uh, most of the surviving cast, and everyone's just like, mm-hmm. Ethel Merman had a bag full of 30 pounds of... So, her, of her. Here's, here's what happened. I watched it, and these old motherfuckers, comedy geniuses... All of me It started... It didn't start, but this is where it started oh. to go wrong for me. Milton Berle told a story about one of the girls. I can't remember which one yeah. it was. Well, one of the ladies. Like two girls, and he says, know? she went on set. And this isn't a Milton Berle accent. It's just my generic exactly, old man accent. Yeah. And the director said, Hey, what color are your eyes? And she says, blue. And then he says, something else. And he looked at her eyes, and one was blue, and one was green. Because she was wearing contacts. And then the story ended. <laughs> Great. And then the next, the very next interview is one of those ladies... Telling him a story about how hilarious Mickey Rooney was. Mickey Rooney was such a genius. Such a genius. He could do everything. He could play the tuba. He could play the trumpet, guitar, piano. He could do it all. He was so funny. He used to take his sweater. He'd wear these big sweaters. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah. he, he'd squat down and pull them over his knees like that guy, you know, the dwarfs on golf guy? Yeah, yeah, like that guy. Except he would do it. He'd pull it down and his feet would be sticking yeah, out. And he would make yeah. us all laugh. And then that story ended. And every story, even Grandpa Simpson was like, that's a boring-ass story. This is terrible! All these people are... Like, no, this is... It's old, <laughs> old tired people who... Uh, I mean, I get that everyone Comedy in this movie geniuses. came up for vaudeville, but holy shit. Oof. And again, I know the internet's fucked, our, our, uh, fucked up our whole idea of what, like, what funny is and stuff. But even before... Like, even for, like, when we were kids, like, in the 80s and shit like that... This shit's not funny. It's just the most like, no, fuck yet, you, Mickey Rooney. Fuck you, Jim Backus. Fuck you. Something about movie. how big and bombastic this movie's supposed to be and how it's built up. Yeah, it's fascinating to me for some how reason. inert like, it is. I hated it. It's, it's. I hated it. I can't even say it's so boring. To even say it's. Well, it's yeah, not I don't know if I hate it. would suggest that it's filled with too much stuff, but no, it's it's mm. it is like a balloon. Where, like, there's this, this thin surface level of comedy, but it's mostly just hot air of um- emptiness, not funness. Yeah. And, like, even, like, the fucking opening, there's, like, a whole fucking... I guess we could just get into but, the blah, blah, blah. Like, well, hold on. Let me finish my oh, thought. Oh, yeah, go ahead. But it it's it's kind of exists in that same realm as Cats for me, mm-hmm. where there's nothing I like about it. But for some reason, I can't stop looking at it. And, like, I was watching documentaries about this thing. I was reading the trivia about this thing hoping there'd be one that says like yeah it's actually as bad as you think it, it is. is like unlocking We're the all mystery just, of like, it's just yeah. <laughs> it's just a universal prank the, the the world's playing on you yeah you're waiting for the punchline and it never comes because it's just you're wondering how the hell did this get made how do people like this to mm-hmm. like try to it's almost like a study in anthropology and like trying to figure out like 
What is, what am I missing here? Like, I feel like I'm going crazy. Like, exactly. It's like the cast. I, I was warm, about like, to say, like, imagine if they took the cast from Ghostbusters and made an unfunny movie with all of them, but that's Ghostbusters too. So that's <laughs> exactly, already happened. Yeah, they didn't have to try hard to do that. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. And again, it's not, and we're not even saying this is like the worst thing we've ever talked about or anything like that. No. But it is just so big and empty and dumb. That yeah. it is amazing, and it's and it's it's literally just, a colossal waste of talent. It legitimately startles me to see how many people claim that this is like their favorite movie. And again, I can see that just from the sheer scale and ambition of this movie. But it's like unfulfilled uh, potential, yeah. It, and it's like I know the people in this movie can be funnier than this, because even in individual mm-hmm. projects, I've seen these people do funny stuff. But it's just like fucking. I mean, Peter Falk's in this movie can't be that bad. But even the Peter Falk, yeah. this is just oh my, and like. It's just, oh, so there's like an, uh, does it start with like, okay, so, uh, is, well, it's, it's, it's important to start, it's important to start your three hour long movie with six minutes of opening credits. Uh, well, it is, I just pat out that runtime. Yeah. Get it going. And I guess, uh, big, I guess Bill Melendez, who did the peanut shorts, he did some of the animation on this. So people are like, oh, and when that's like one of the most fascinating things about your movie, you're fucked up. <laughs> sucks, Especially with though. a movie with this many people in it, but yeah. So ha cha 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 is driving like an asshole. <laughs> and again, but this is also he's, he's driving for like ten minutes like an asshole. It doesn't even yeah. get to the point that quickly. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah. And he he go passing cars constantly on corners and everything, just driving like real dangerous. Yeah. And he hits he hits a ramp, and which exists solely for the purpose on this road for killing people. <laughs> well, I that's guess. great too. It's, it's it's doing that old '60s thing too, like where it's like suddenly the ramp turns into rear projection footage of like a stuntman dressed like Jimmy Durante in a car, like on a soundstage. Somewhere. So he yeah. he flies off. It and is goes a good crashing. stunt. Mm. Like that car does. Like yeah. one of my favorite gags coming up is Milton Berle is saying. He sailed out there, and it, he really, that car, like, whatever that fucking 1955 Chevy or whatever the hell that is, does go flying, like, a hundred yards and dives head Well, maybe, if Milton Berle says, the way he went sailing out there, maybe if he says that enough times, it'll eventually become funny, like, but it doesn't. It's, it's not funny, it's just weird, it's, it's like, the only, like, personality-defining thing that Milton, Milton Berle has to do in this movie is that one he's sailing out there that's it because the rest of the movie he's just kind of like super passive and just standing by with his huge dick in his hands like not doing anything <laughs> anyway. so and you know what? actually maybe the secret funniest joke in the movie is the fact that like somehow jimmy Durante like survives this he's just laying on a rock next to the wreck despite yeah, his he's car. got he got thrown from the car laying on a bunch of rocks with nary a spot of blood upon him i can't tell if that's the there was a funny thing because one of the guys says oh do you think he's okay and i I think even Jimmy Durante says, are you kidding me? But like, I- no, they're like, let's move him. And he says, if you move me, I'm going to break into little pieces. That's exactly. Yeah. I fucking love Jimmy Durante though. Oh my God. And this is the highlight of the movie from here. It's all downhill after Jimmy Durante literally kicks the <laughs> bucket. He, yeah. He keep- oh fuck. So he says <laughs> 350 G's buried under a big W. And then he Double rants, yeah. ah, yeah. say, uh, you forgive me, Ethel or whatever the fuck. And, uh, He's, it goes on forever. And Everyone's best friend, Smila. And then it, he kicks a literal bucket. And at, watching it the first time, I said, oh, fuck. It's going to be it's one be of that those kind movies. Of movie. But this, this is the best. It never gets any better than this, though. This is it. Again, it's all worse than this. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh. I, I do so, love it, though. I think when he kicked the bucket, I was like, okay, that's funny. I did laugh. <laughs> this is like the last time I laughed for the next three and a half hours. <laughs> so oh, cops show up and they one of all the which people... is mr furley from 
I don't know, it's Mr. Roper from uh, Three's, uh, not Three Stooges, uh, Three's Company. Three's Company. He wouldn't know because he's oh, not doing I, anything funny. He's just, yeah. So, in this group that went down to check on him, it's, uh... God, do uh, we even have character name for any... I, I, No, I just pretty much called them everybody by their their. Yeah, Sid the Caesar, person. Milton Burrell, Sid Jonathan Caesar, Yeah. Bloody Hackett. Uh, Mickey Jesus. Rooney, Bucky Hackett. Bucky, Bucky Hackett. <laughs> Bucky Hackett. He has a, a, you know what? Actually, don't mind Buddy Hackett that much, but man, he really doesn't. Have, he only really does have the one stick of just crossing his eyes and going, just being. <laughs> and yeah, Mickey Rooney. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> you know what? One interesting bit of trivia, though. I guess originally the part of Sid Caesar and his wife were originally written for Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland as an hmm. older couple, which that would have been kind of interesting. I can't remember yeah. if Judy Garland's dead by this point, but yeah, anyway. Didn't she go into the seventies? I'm not sure. I'm Maybe. sure she I did. Know. I don't think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think she got. If she got, she, she made it to the seventies. She didn't make it far. But yeah. At least then they could have had some chemistry because you know those two well, could work that's together. That's one of the biggest crimes is that the women in this movie. There's only like three women in this movie, and they're all. I mean, you well, get Ethel Merman just being that, the, the stereotypical battle axe mother-in-law, but the other two ladies on, are just. On that documentary, they they call they have like mentioned how those ladies are comedic actors, and I was like, then why didn't you give that? Anything nothing, not funny. even funny. Oh, God. nothing, nothing. They're utterly wasted as comedians. Yeah. Um, which they we spend a lot of time with those ladies too, and that's another dead part of the movie. Yeah. It's just anyway. So, uh, yeah, cops. Cops show up. Everybody agrees that they won't tell the cops about the money for reasons. Yeah. And they all start acting very suspicious, and it fucking goes on forever again. Just talking about, oh, he said something, but he was just ranting. He called that guy his aunt, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Goes on. Well, they all go back up to their cars, and everyone's like, t t well, I guess Jonathan Winters is the only person traveling alone, but everyone else is like, like, all the guys have to explain to the women that they're traveling with what's going on. And yeah, mm -hmm. like, this conversation. He just sailed right out there. Yeah, he sailed right out there, smacked the hands, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so they're all, they all start slowly. I'll let you talk, because you took notes. I'm watching it it's now, fine. but, like, yeah, I don't know how deep... Milton Burl's mother-in-law can eat all the bags of shit. <laughs> I mean, that's the point of her character, but still. And, and I know this was back in the era when every joke was mother-in-law's, right? <laughs> the most mid-century, tired-ass fucking... Like, that's... Like, we, when you could be a comedian and literally half your act would be the exact same jokes that every other comedian is telling about my mother-in-law, you know? Oh, the old battle axe. And it's get funny, on, too, I was watching something where they, they were talking about, like, I was watching a video about the uh, ages and everything, about the background of all the people in this movie. <laughs> you know, Ethel yeah. Merman and fucking Milton Berle are only six months apart in age? Uh-huh. <laughs> Milton Berle's wife is literally young enough to be his daughter's age, so his mother-in-law mm -hmm. is, like, six months younger than he is, so. Yep. Oh, God. So, another long scene of everybody in their cars talking about what the other people in the other cars are doing. Well, and everyone's slow, because they're all, like, trying to figure out... Well, they're explaining to, to their partners exactly what happened, and they're all like, okay, we don't want to drive fast, because we're all going to, like, try to run off and try to get this treasure, but we don't want to, like, give make anyone else suspicious. So, it's like mm -hmm. 15 minutes of everyone just slowly driving through the desert, just explaining yep. what we just saw to all their the friends over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Winter stops behind a corner, and then and he walks around that corner, and everybody's standing there. And then they go, they're going to go elsewhere to talk about splitting up the money. I'm not sure, okay. This. We have killed off 20 minutes of the movie, and nothing has happened. This is it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. But we do get that. So then we go to the police station where Spencer Tracy's monitoring them or whatever. And, but 
is is him watching his secretary walk with the music money? I don't... I, yeah, again, I just... I get the idea that maybe there may have been a gag there, but that got lost in translation, but, like, they just kept it in just because it's part of the movie? Like, I don't know, yeah. And Speaking of Tracy... gags that were lost in translation, here comes Jerry Lewis to run his hat over. <laughs> Just because he just it's makes Jerry some faces. Lewis, it doesn't tie just in. makes some faces. Great, great, and great cameo. Good job. Jerry Lewis making the perfect case for why he should never be allowed to be in anything. Because he just shows up and he's just like makes a face and he goes <laughs> and that's it. And it was enough mm -hmm. for like Jerry Lewis to get interviewed like fifteen thousand times for all the making of stuff about this movie where like one of his great anecdotes again which is also something I saw repeated in the IMDB trivia about Jerry Lewis won five hundred dollars in a card match. During the shooting of this film, and it's like, oh my god, I no, he, hate you, no, IMDb. No, I lost five hundred dollars in that card match. Oh, it was the greatest, fuck. greatest game I've ever had. In my and life. then, like, there's a thing about how I guess uh, the filmmakers they literally asked every old timey comedian to be in this movie, except for che uh, Chevy Chaplin, Char Charlie Chaplin, because I guess Chaplin was so rich and he was like self exiled in Switzerland. They knew they would never even get him, so they didn't even try. But they like talked to um fucking Groucho Marx. And the idea is they wanted him to play a doctor at the hospital at the end of the movie and get the last line of the film. And Groucho turned him down. He was like, oh, whatever. But I guess years later... Yeah, they were like, well, we can't have somebody actually funny say <laughs> something actually exactly. funny at the end. Instead of just, like, banana peel, laugh, and fade to black. But I guess the like, years later, Groucho Marx just made a flippant reaction when someone asked him about, like, what he would have played in the movie. And he just joked that he would have played a Ethel Merman's character, but mm -hmm. Milton Berle's uh, mother-in-law... And of course that gets twisted by the fucking fans and the people on IMDb into like, uh, Groucho Marx was originally planned to play Milton Berle's father-in-law. <laughs> like, no, the joke is that he was the battle axe he would have played. No, you're not supposed to take that yeah. seriously. Don't, uh, I fucking hate you people. Although I much would have preferred him in that role. Uh, I think Ethel Merman does fine with what she's given. It's like she's just playing that stereotype, but like, yeah, it's yeah. The, the movie leans really hard on that goddamn character more than me. I think to. she's got the most screen time in the whole she thing. She might, and she's... because she jumps from different batches of characters to others. The movie mm -hmm. thinks, man, the movie really thinks that her character is way funnier than it actually is. Yes. But... So... I hope you like people talking about how to split up money and the mother-in-law uh, being an asshole because we're half an hour in and this is all it's been. And again, watching people online talk about this movie, about how this is like the funniest scene in the movie and they just cannot watch this movie without like literally slapping their knees, like dying of laughter. And I'm just like, you're out of your fucking mind. You are fucking mm. You are convincing yourself that this is funny. I mean, I can see this, yeah. you might think this amusing, but like thinking this is like the height of all comedy... Holy shit, again, even in 1962, people thought this was boring and stupid. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's okay, you can just watch this movie on its own merits and just, like, enjoy it, but you don't have to, like, convince yourself just because you've heard about all these people in this... Anyway, like I said, I'm reviewing the people who like this movie more than the movie itself, so I'm gonna shout about that stuff. But yeah, this is... It goes on for literally it's, 15 hey, minutes you know of what? them just talking about 15%... You know of, what? It's... Yeah. We can rant against those people because it's their fault we're watching it. That's a good it's point. their fault that's... that this movie's been built up into yeah. something that it's not. It's it's from those people that have always heard people everyone say, You should really watch it's a Mad Mad World. It's a cinematic classic. And like oh, if I just imagine? if I just seen this on its own merits, just like if someone had just been like, Yeah, you should go check it out, it's got a lot of old people in it, like I would have been a lot more open to this movie, but 
Yeah, yeah. So. Could you imagine watching this movie with one of those people? Uh, It'd be like three hours of that time that one guy said, hey, have you seen this YouTube video? It's really funny. Thanks. And then they watch it with you, and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, yeah, it's never a YouTube video. <laughs> but for three hours. I've been stuck with people like that who tried to like maybe make me watch an anime or something like that they, they like, but at least that was only like a half hour of a TV show and not like, oh, my God, all this stuff. And especially if you're... Ah, uh, God, especially if someone might be an old comedy fan and just constantly repeating anecdotes about all these people on set and just, like, all these tired half-not-even-true anecdotes about the making of this movie, I would want to choke somebody to death. It'd be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I would almost want to pick up the Criterion version of this just to see what kind of commentaries they have, just to see what actual professional film people have to say about this movie. But oh, not from the fans, because the fans are either... Oh, fucking Christ. James Ralph, fuck you. <laughs> so, <laughs> the sheriff uh... is Friar Tuck. Wait, is he? He's got people... Tri- yeah, it's Friar Tuck from the animated uh, Disney Robin. Oh, I know! Oh, the, voice? the guy who kind of looks like Burt Lar? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. I mean, I've I've seen, like, Robin Hood, like, three times in my life. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's Friar Tuck. Okay. So he's got oh, yeah, this cops be, like, trailing right the all these dorks. Like, the Disney... Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's fine. So I guess old Captain Hachachacha stole some money 15 years ago, <laughs> yeah. got out of jail, and was headed somewhere to get the money he buried. Why would you do that? Why would you go right away to get the money? You waited 15 years, lay, lay low for a little bit, then go get it. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Oh, so, oh good, more talking about how to split up the money. And... Are, then they argue about if they're going to report it for tax purposes. And that becomes a Holy gag fuck. within a gag. My sides. Like, My oh. sides. They've split open and everything oh, has right. spilled out. He's Jonathan Winters. This is where they're really painting Jonathan Winters as a rube. Because he's the one who gets all offended by the fact that they, that anyone would not report this to the IRS. And it just goes. And we're having to watch other people's reactions of being bored in this scene. Which does not make mm-hmm. the scene funnier. It makes it more boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buddy Hackett says... Fuck this. Everybody for himself, except you, old lady. You could drop dead. <laughs> I, do like, I love it when people are that insulting. I, 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 I did laugh at that. Buddy yeah, Hackett that just telling someone to co- drop dead is always me. a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So they all jump in their cars and vroom vroom take off. And you could expect the movie to start getting interesting now, but you'd be wrong. Nope. And this is, is this more again the thing of everyone driving slowly through the desert? Yeah, to not, not to alarm well, each other. Sid Caesar's wife is trying to read a map. His the mother-in-law is bitching. Buddy Hackett and Mickey Rooney are talking. It's real funny. They run a black couple off the road. <laughs> And they drive for ways with pieces of furniture popping off the back Literally of the roof. popping off. Truck. Actually, whoever, how they engineered the, the furniture popping off is more interesting than anything actually happening in the scene itself. But yeah. And the movie and they hangs get, on. They get off, yeah. They get off the road and he says, I say, said it before and I'll say it again. I didn't want to move to California. Well, there's a cameo I don't know. Great. <laughs> That's half this movie is like, I guess I'm supposed to know who that person is because the movie suddenly stops to show this person reacting to everyone else. And while well, you mm-hmm. point, like, you looked it up into one of the guys from Amos and Andy. Yeah, and you think the lady, his wife, is also somebody famous. Nope. She's no one. This movie is completely nope. complete ambivalence towards women is really fucking weird. Because there's plenty of female stars you could have put in this movie. I'm sure. Why not get his wife from Amos and Andy? Which is weird, too, because I know Amos and Andy was started to by two white guys, but I guess they did have an Amos and Andy TV show starring 
black people then, I guess. Yeah, I forgot about... Oh, fucking anyway, but... Anyway, uh, so that was a cameo where I was like, alright. Yeah. I, I don't... I, I don't even know if his line saying, I said it before and I'll say it again, I don't want to move to California, is a reference to anything. Or if I it's just... find any information on it. Like, or maybe if that the was just the... Yeah, I'm assuming the characters must have lived in New York. Unrelated. And so this is how they're just excusing why this... Like, you don't know if it's supposed to be the actor or if it's supposed to be the character, but either way, this suggests that... Like, this is an excuse as to why they're suddenly in California for some reason, I guess. Yeah, I have no idea, but yeah. Oh, Badoo. Oh, Badoo. So... Why are we uh, watching one of the Cannibal just, Run movies? If we're going to watch a movie with a bunch of dipshits in cars, at least watch that's one on that's on my really, list. Literally, we could watch both Cannibal Run movies in the time it takes to watch this once. Yeah. Yeah. Since Caesar, his map flies on his face, and when he pulls it off, he made a funny face. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the funniest thing he gets to do in the whole goddamn movie, yeah. So they're going to hire a plane. Buddy Hackett and Jiminy Jillikers' car breaks down for a little bit so they can get a ahead of them is a plot device so they can hire the plane first yeah carl weathers uh, carl weathers no nope. <laughs> i thought it would have been interesting that's a very different movie jonathan winters uh, you Winter know jonathan weathers? winters and carl weathers practically the same person <laughs> basically the same guy yeah. milton burl's cars crash together and get all tangled up great funny joke about winters having to ride a girl's bike Cause he's got a moving truck, and they're like, "Take a bike out of the back of that and go get help." Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's like, "I can't ride that. That's a girl's bike." And then uh -huh. he rides it, and the music's all. Boop, boop, oh boop, man, boop, the boop, music boop. is another thing. Where I was watching, <laughs> I think it was in the same making of featurette that you sent me on YouTube, where they had an interview with the composer. And the, I looked up the composer. The composer's not really done that much, and like, I guess this is his most famous thing. And he was talking about there was a scene where the cars drive around a tree, and I thought, oh, that's like a Ferris or that's a merry-go-round. So I'll make the whole soundtrack a merry-go-round. So that's why every mm, goddamn mm -hmm. scene in this movie is accompanied by the same do 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 music. And it's just super repetitive. <laughs> it makes you feel like you're just watching the same scene over and over again. Because a lot of the times you are. Yeah, like, I feel like I'm on, on a merry-go-round, but on the worst possible repetitive ways. Exactly, yeah. Oh, God. So Milton, I hate Milton Burl's group. Flag down a car with the British man in it. He's that guy with the gap in his teeth that you don't know from anything, but you know him. He's he's almost like he's, his own personality type. Like, hello there. He was I, he was Sir Hiss. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that totally makes sense. <laughs> Did Walt Disney just watch this movie and go, eh, make all these people animals. That's our problem. Pretty sure he was. Um, I guess it was really supposed to be Peter Sellers as that character, and he turned him down. Because he was like, I don't want to be in a shitty movie. I want to be in other shitty movies. <laughs> like Doctor Strange Love. Other, other overrated garbage that isn't funny. Doctor Strange Love? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was, exactly. our, like, that was like our third or Yeah, that was early days. Fourth yeah. episode. Oh, man. We've been through so... I feel like we're like this. We're in the entertainment version of Lord of the Rings where we have gone such long and distant winding ways. It's hard to remember where we've been in terms of the yeah. stuff we've covered. But anyway, yeah, so British guy. Mm-hmm. He's... Got cactuses in his cars. The mother-in-law sits on one because she's an idiot. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I couldn't remember if that actually played into anything, but yeah. Mm, not really. The conversations are bad. Nothing nothing interesting is said. So, uh, Milton Berle... No, wait. Sid Caesar and his wife hire a plane from Zibinol. And I guess the guy they hire the Great. plane from is, like, a dude, but, like, again, you don't... Feel the dude, the guy doesn't do anything funny, so you wouldn't even suspect that he's a cameo or anything like that, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Milton Berle's group can't hire a car so they decide to tell the british man about all the money so he'll take them to santa rosa 
Which is weird because like this is that's a whole deleted scene. So I'm assuming yeah. you're like in the in the theatrical cut. You just assume they must have told him like in the in the yeah, off camera, but. Which is fine. Yeah, which is we don't fine. Need to, that's, we don't need that again. It's almost like judicious editing, yeah. So, uh, Car Jonathan Winters pulls over some random dude with glasses and tells him about the money so he can get a ride Maybe for the him. best character in the whole movie because he's this dude's nothing but rage. I love it. Phil Silvers is fucking fantastic. Mm. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> That is the most judgmental <laughs> mm I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> So, mm. I mean, I mean, I feel where, like I just appeared in front of a judge and said, I'm going to live forever. You can't put me in jail. And you just went, mm, and just motion motion with the bailiffs to handcuff me and beat me to senseless. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, when you're starving, everything looks like a five course dinner. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, since Caesar and his wife. Yeah. They get it on a plane and they take off and now we're flying eventually. Well, it is the thing of like they we do have to, to watch them take off for a couple. Of it minutes. goes on for, and they try to do the thing of like it's supposed to be dangerous flying, but they're just making yeah. the airplane go up and down a little bit and doesn't look half as it's it's not as half as impressive as the scenes we get later with Buddy Hackett and, and their airplane yeah. thing later, but. They're also getting trailed by a cop helicopter. Well, oh. and this this starts off the thing that like yeah I guess. Uh, fucking, uh, Spencer Tracy has cops for some reason trailing everyone, because, did, did they say that they're just, like, is this, this is how they're gonna find out where the money is so they can recover this long-lost treasure that fucking Smiler's buried? Because for some reason they don't want to interrupt or, like, arrest or help or any of these people, they just want to, like, observe them yeah, they just to figure yeah, out they where just the treasure is, Yeah, they just want to find where right? the money is, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. that's just an excuse just so he can keep tabs. And it's weird that they treat the cops as, like, the cops become then kind of a Greek choir where they're just kind of, like, re-explaining everything that the audience mm -hmm. has just watched back to the audience, which is a weird decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. especially as the uh, tracking skills of the cops become progressively more supernatural where the cops are, mm -hmm. are explaining to the audience what has happened in scenes where the cops could not have possibly seen what just happened. But yeah. Anyway. Anyhow, um... So, but yeah, Jonathan Winters tells Phil Silvers what's going on. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes. Yeah, it's um, easy to get lost. There's so much stuff happening in this film. So, such yeah, he speed. tells them, and they they make them a they make a deal, and that, that guy's like, "Hey, you better move that girl's bike, or else it's somebody's gonna hit it." So when he gets out of the car and throws it off to the side, that guy drives off. Yeah, I did like that's a great tactic, and then we yeah, this is when you find out Phil Silvers is totally just in in this for himself. He's just a total asshole. And yeah, I well, do he like, gets a flat tire down the road. I, yeah, he's only know. like 100 yards away, gets a flat tire, and he realizes if he doesn't get out of here, Jonathan Winters is going to beat the shit out of him. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, the plane that they hired has chicken and it's old. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's a good commentary. <laughs> <laughs> so, hold on. So, Spencer Tasty talks to the chief, or he's the chief. I don't There's know. There's the chief. Is, yeah. And he wants him to put some pressure on the mayor to pump, bump up his pension so he can take his wife, Ginger, to Hawaii. Oh, God. And then in Milton Berle's car, the mother-in-law yells, Sylvester! And shoves the, the British dude from behind, making him to go off the road and fuck up his car. Oh, and, get the, and it's her, so the wheels get all fucked up, which becomes a thing later, yeah. yeah. He li It's her son. He lives by the money. They just need to call him. 
So I... that 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 scene. Is... Sylvester we'll get to him. Word? We'll get to him. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to him. So it's not so much Sylvester, but his girlfriend. But yeah. Jonathan Winters catches up to the glasses guy and starts to beat him up, only to have the gas station's attendants, the one turtle guy and another the guy. The turtle guy, the he opened his, his mouth and I was like, oh my god, is it the turtle guy? Which, I yeah. can't remember, is there, I, cannot, I can't remember if there's any one specific thing I remember him being in. The actor's name is I, Arnold I feel Stang. Like, but yeah. the moment he opens his voice, it's like, he did like the voice for, I think he did like commercials for like Vlasic Pickles, and did voices on Sesame Street. In a thousand commercials, if you grew up in the 80s, his voice was, he talks like this. He, he, he was the very stimp, stereotypical nerd guy from that. Yeah, and which is funny because in the interview footage, you can see how he sounds kind of like that. But like his voice that he uses, like like the thing that we really know him as is the voice is actually more of an affectation, which I was glad to see that that guy naturally does not sound like that all the time. But yeah. Uh, and there's no. also another guy, which I uh, like just from his face, I recognize him in from, 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 from being some other stuff. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Is this the scene where Winters tears apart? No, it, it takes a little while for no. him. Like, there's more hijinks at the gas station before he tears the whole thing apart, yeah. Yeah. Buddy Hackett and Mickey Rooney go to some place? Where there's planes parked on a lawn? It's really weird. I, is, it, is it like Mickey Rooney knows a rich guy? He's like, oh, I could find... I know someone who has an airplane, so let's go to this, like, country club filled with airplanes? Yeah. I guess? Yeah. I guess? So... Uh, they talked to Thurston Howell the Third or whatever. Yeah, his I did name not is. expect He's him got to a show plane. up. He's got him. It's Jim Backus, Mr. He's sleep Magoo. Yeah, sleeping on a a billiard table. He's just a, a blind drunk. They talked to him. There's a great joke of him waking up and thinking he's blind, but it was just that the blinds of the window wasn't open, and when they open the shades, he falls backwards oh, and God. over, and it's how are some of these jokes worse than the shit we saw in the 20s and 30s? With like the shit, <laughs> with a good like question. it's like it's like in the mid-century, everyone got really tired after World War II and didn't really feel like they had to do much in terms of making people laugh because their expectations were so fucking destroyed. Yeah. Anyway, John Jonathan Winter wakes up from getting hit on the head with a bottle, and he's all tied up. And now we spend half an hour of him chasing around the gas station attendants and destroying the gas station. I like again. I appreciate the ambition here, and. Like, it's not a bad idea, but it goes on for so fucking long. It doesn't help that you can tell that the entire gas station is made of cardboard. And mm -hmm. it is funny that he's beating up these two tiny... I mean, he's beating up the guy who sounds like a turtle, which that's inherently kind of funny. But, like, I also... It's funny, too, because I read in the in the, uh, the trivia that the turtle guy, his, he broke his arm before they made the movie. And actually watching it now, I can totally tell because he's always got his arm yeah. curled up at his side because it's in a cast. Uh, and I wonder how much of this is actually Jonathan Winters, because I know they said they hired, like, pretty much every stuntman in Hollywood working at the time to be in this film, and I could really, especially at the end when you've got, like, the whole, like oh. all, all the dudes are essentially stuntmen during the chase at the end, but it looks like One Jonathan the... Winters is actually doing at least some of this stuff in terms of, like, throwing the guys through the walls and shit like that, yeah. One of the weirder things that I read... <laughs> Trivia wise. Jonathan oh no, Winters it was from the documentary. Jonathan Winters no. can't come if he doesn't get hit by a bus. <laughs> One of the weirder things was it was a stunt man that kicked the bucket. They didn't even have Jimmy yeah. Durante kick a bucket. It was a stunt man. I guess maybe that's maybe a joke they didn't think of until after filming ended, so maybe they had to go like film it at pickup shots. Maybe an actual comedian wrote that part, <laughs> if, since exactly, it's the one part yeah. that made you laugh. Oh my god. Yeah, so, yeah, this really does go on for like half an hour. Jonathan Winters just like chasing and beating up these guys and tearing up the whole garage. Mm-hmm. 
So, Which I feel like uh, this is everyone considers just the highlight of the film, and there's not much to say other than just like shit gets fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, he finds a tow truck, knocks over the last of the gas station, and takes off. I did Great, see there's fantastic. something about how they mistimed the stunt and they didn't have the resources to refilm it, so they had to like do a split screen of like yeah. had to retime like the, the, the oh that's what it is the truck hitting the the, the water tower that's what it is. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the water fell. To, water tower started falling over before the truck hit it, and so yeah, whatever. And actually, I'm watching it now, yeah. and actually, I I can't tell that there's any kind of editorial trickery. So that may be the most technically interesting thing in the whole film. Still, it's kind of just shoulder shrugging. Like, okay, that's a thing that can happen. Now, half an hour of some angry faced lady doing some terrible dancing with a real asshole also dancing and ignoring the ringing phone. It's supposed to be a joke or what? Like it's one of those things where I can't. Yeah, I don't know what's a joke and what's just. I can't tell what's a bug or what's a feature with what's bad and. I hate this guy. This. This Not the character. This guy. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with him? Do you you know him from something we've done? Oh no! Oh no! What the? What was he in? He was basically playing this same kind of character. This is what this guy was known for, playing beatniks and hippies I and do shit. love that he's all like, hey, man. Yeah, he spends the whole movie. I know the actor's name. He's is- an 80-year-old guy trying to be a hip, cool, young beatnik. He played the same. He was he was the beatnik guy in The Producers. There's a beatnik guy in The Producers? We- <laughs> yeah, the one I that played one Hitler the for the stage thing, who was all, hey, man, groovy, bros. <laughs> I don't remember. Remember that I blocked the producers. Were, that's another thing. I think we spent half the time with the producers complaining about people who claim to like the producers. It makes sense, that's of true. course, he would be in that. Oh, he did the voice of Snow Miser in the Year Without a Santa Claus, the Rankin Bass animated so special. So you know, you know this guy's. You know anything about him, Bill? No. What did he do? You do, because I'm sure you've heard the stories about the comedian. Who died on stage and everybody thought it was part of his act. They just oh, watched him no. lay there for eight minutes. Oh yeah, on April 17th, 1987, during a performance at University of California. Oh no, class face down on the stage. The uh-huh. audience initially assumed it was part of the act. After it remained on, st- on the stage for several minutes, a stagehand examined him and asked... <laughs> oh my god! They actually did... He just actually... I, the autopsy says he actually died on stage. Like, he, like it's not like a thing where he, like, had the heart attack and, like, fell down and, like, died later on the way to the hospital. Like, he was dead even before he hit the floor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay. And even after that, even after they were like, is there a doctor? And they were like loading them up. People were like, I'm staying. This is this part is a, of it. Maybe this is more interesting than <laughs> anything else you did show. in the show. Like, like the rest of the show was maybe terrible. Was... This is a good stuff to end it on. Yeah. <laughs> maybe oh they were people who had seen it's a mad, 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 mad world. And were like, you know what? I'm getting, this is, <laughs> God has come this up. This and... really dedicated to his act here. <laughs> Cat, he was also in Captain EO, which Ugh. Commander Bog. We, we, anyhow, we should do Captain anyhow, EO someday, this, Christ. Anyhow, anyhow, <laughs> and this guy's not funny. It's, let's it's, say the his least. stone-faced weird girlfriend. I do like though, because she's and, so like. And, and also in the documentary I watched oh when I wasn't God. falling asleep, one of the ladies was like, "He was into bodybuilding." <laughs> I look better than this dude. That's what they say. Like as a big fat guy, I can't make fun of anyone's failed bodybuilding efforts, but the guy just looks like a guy. He looks like fucking. Uh, who's the guy? Who's the guy from the Great Muppet Caper? 
She looks. He looks Charles like Charles Grodin without a shirt. Like this guy does not look like he's pumped. He's gone <laughs> no. out of his way to pump iron out than to lift the beers. And I'm pretty sure when he's like dancing, you see his nutsack plop out of his pants a couple times. Because <laughs> he is wearing like you can see like the whites of his thighs that his shorts are so short. But yeah. Oh my god! Oh, I hate the movies. <laughs> so, oh, the British. The British dude. Talks to Bill Burley's like, hey yo, if that was my brother-in-law, he'd he'd take that money and run because the mother-in-law's trying to call him to get. Yeah, because uh, I do appreciate from a, like a writing perspective how this movie kind of covers all the bases of like, of course, like of all these characters, someone would probably know someone who lives closer to the treasure that they could call up and say, hey, could you dig mm -hmm. this up? We're on our way, but can you lay claim? Uh, of course, somebody might get way ahead of everyone else, but I like the fact that the idea that Sid Caesar and his wife just, like, they're practically at the treasure site, but then they get locked into a basement, like, five minutes before they get there. I do like that, like, from, a, like, a plotting perspective, but it's just all the tough, <laughs> yeah, it's all the smaller details of the movie that are terrible, but, yeah, so, yeah, it's, 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 uh, not Edgar Winter, it's Ethel Merman who says, yeah, she's gonna call that psychopath, uh, son of hers to go uh, yeah. put dibs on the treasure. But she never picks up the phone. He's busy dancing like a tool. Exactly, yeah. So, and then there's like uh, a five minutes of her just like waiting for him to pick up that we have to watch. Yeah. 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 So they, they leave eventually and this as they're going, this crazy bitch takes the keys out of the car and rants. And then a cameo by Jack Benny who pulls up and is like, you guys need help? And she says, not from you, we don't. And he stares at her and he says, well... And drives off. Great, fantastic, cold I, I, So Jack Benny, I guess this is originally supposed to be. They were gonna get uh, Stan Laurel from Laurel and Hardy, which is why he's wearing a bowler cap. Because I guess Jack, I don't know shit about Jack Benny, but I guess Jack Benny, he's not known for wearing that kind of bowler cap. But Stan Laurel mm. is, you know, the skinny guy from Laurel and Hardy. So this is why they had yeah. him dressed like this to the point that like they assumed Laurel and Hardy was was gonna sign up to be in this movie. So. Uh, again, they had like a stuntman dressed in the bowler cap as the sh for the shot where he drives up, assuming that they could just get it like on a stage, just do do do, do the close up real quick of Stan. Why would you need a stuntman? <laughs> that's, that's what they. That's what the trivia said. And Ugh. yeah, and, and Stan Laurel. I guess I guess after the fat guy Hardy died, he said, "I'm retired. I'm never coming back. I don't want to be seen without my partner." Which I appreciate that ambition, but. Yeah, so fucking Ethel Merman, well, she like, th yeah, throws the keys down her tits, and... Yeah, and I thought they were gonna fish him out, but they just turn her upside down and shake That's her. That's actually Great. pretty clever. If you're gonna she get rants. around, like, the whole, like... Yeah. She rants, the two dudes get in the car, and the ladies stay, the daughter stays with her mom, which I wouldn't. Fuck that lady. Yeah, no, seriously. And so, uh, I guess she invested her money into Milton Burl's like, edible seaweed thing, which is, like... They're treated like, oh man, edible seaweed, who would do that? There is a whole fucking business now. People love to eat seaweed. I did like that, that they played off like such a big guffaw, like, this isn't that stupid. And now it's just a thing that happens all it's it's like it's like it's it's almost like right up there like like making fun of like, oh you'd invest in computers, that's stupid. It's like, well no, it's Who thing. would want to like, eat rice? Yeah, it's <laughs> you know you like billions of people are eating seaweed just because yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those jokes in this movie that's aged particularly un un unwell, but yeah. A completely needless scene of Sid Caesar paying the pilot more so he can use more gas to go faster. Yeah. And then smashing a bug on the windshield and destroying some of the plane. Great, fantastic. Yeah, but it is deleted, oh. so as you so there's an editor who had some of the right ideas. Yeah. A fantastic scene. 
It goes on for a long time. A Spencer Tracy talking to his wife on the phone to book a flight to Hawaii without their kid, Billy Sue. This keeps on going. And this, we keep on just dis dis distracting from the action to see this shit. And man, I have not seen actually too many Spencer Tracy movies. This does not make me want to see many more. Because <laughs> Spencer Tracy no. is like, I, it's weird too, because like Spencer Tracy, I get that he, they got him because he's like this affable old guy. And he, like, he's got a dignity and everything to him. You understand this guy's supposed to be the good guy in the movie. Which makes his, like, weird turn at the end of the movie even weirder and more mystifying. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, the, so the movie constantly is interrupting itself just to show this stupid shit of, like, again, someone else being harangued by their mother-in-law. Or not mother-in-law, but, like, family troubles. And it's just Why like, she talk like this the entire time? Yeah. Which actually, did you ever see What are you talking about? You've been talking about tuna, yeah, we, what? And like, it's he's being subjected to these long, lengthy conversations with these annoying people that the audience has to suffer through? There's got to be a better way to get across the fact that he's being harangued <laughs> by his family in a way that doesn't also just like, shit out of the audience. I'm about to solve that, this case, you know, that case, the, the tuna robbery. <laughs> $65,000 in tunic robbery? Yeah. What? <laughs> What's going on? God. So anyway, maybe that's a joke. Who, I, who, who's yeah, I, who, again, so, you, you can't tell the bug from a feature in this movie when it comes to the jokes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Some some guy manages to wave down the guy with the glasses, pull him over, saying his wife is sick. He's. I'm sure this guy is famous from the time. This guy's got a huge face with huge teeth with a big straw hat. He's tough. Yeah, and he, yeah, he pulls over Phil Silvers and browbeats him into giving him a ride. Why would you... This happens so many times in this movie. Why would you pull over for anybody Why? if you're in a race? I especially don't believe Phil Silver's stopping to pull this guy. Because it's not like the guy... There's no reason for... Because he's Phil Silvers is easily the most self-centered person in the whole movie it makes no sense for him to stop for this guy i can see if this guy no. had a gun or like looked like he was gonna die or something like that maybe phil service might stop it's also funny too because when he picks him up and starts getting threatened by this guy this is the scene where there's like indonesian subtitles over it but yeah and, and then in the next scene the shitty mother-in-law flags down jonathan winters and jonathan and he pulls Winter over. stops and you know, Why would he stop? He knows who these people he are. He should have stopped. I know that Jonathan Winters he is supposed to be the stupidest if, character, if, but like... If he was going to stop, he should have stopped, look at her and said, Argh! and just yeah, turned his There's, there's a way you could do the scene and do it funnier and actually keep the action moving, yeah. He tells... She tells him about her son, and if they manage to get to a phone and phone him, he's he won't get a cut, but if they drive him, he'll get a cut. So he'll do it. At a tire station, they got no tire for the British dude's car. The nearest place is 40 miles or something, so they're going to keep driving. They're going to go back and get the mother-in-law, because if she gets to a phone first... Oh, that's the whole argument. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So... More arguing. More, it's just slowing the whole more, movie down. Yeah, just constant bickering. More deeply, deeply shitty 60s dancing while the phone rings in the background. <laughs> Especially, I love it when you have these old people trying to show, like, the 60s counterculture, and it's always the most kind of stilted, like... This is Why couldn't they have gotten a contemporary, like, 20-something-year-old dude to play this not guy? Not, like, a 35-year-old man pretending he's, like, 19. Because, like, yeah, they... <laughs> Old people making <laughs> so, movies should not be allowed. No, stop no. it, yeah. So Jonathan Winters rants about wanting his fair share and how he's gonna kill that guy with the glasses if he gets a hold of him. And that guy with the glasses drops 
the a guy with the medicine off, but he can't get out of there because the gentle incline of the hill <laughs> is just hard. Can't handle it's it for weird, some reason. It's weird because yeah, this guy lives in a ravine and out in like the Hollywood. He's hills. like, ah, that's way too steep. Yeah. It's not. You can clearly and see Phil just, it's a gentle slope. So on the way down to drop the guy off, Phil Silvers drives over a rock that like seems to bust like the oil line beneath the car. And so when he tries to go up the gentle incline, like, the car starts spinning its wheels in the in the oil that it's been leaking. And it's weird, because then they show the same scene twice? Like, it's the mm -hmm. same scene, but, with like, two different takes of him going up the hill and getting stuck. And there's the kid, the, the fucking, I guess it's the son of the big-faced cowboy that he's just dropped off. Is, is twice at the top of a mountain, kind of just staring at Phil Silvers, and Phil Silvers is like, Oh, you kid, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. I need to get out of here. And that's... Who are you? <laughs> that's, I thought, you know what, man? Why don't we just watch that episode of The Simpsons? Because that episode of The Simpsons boils down everything about this movie that you need to know. Oh, yep. my God, yeah. And that's not even a particularly great episode of The Simpsons. Because no. I forgot that's the one with, like, that's the geriatric old cat burglar played by Jurassic yeah. Park, right? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. that's the whole point, because he leads everyone on that, on the, on that so, treasure chase so he could escape the Springfield jail, I think, yeah. Yep. <sighs> so, uh... Oh, you kid, you kid. <laughs> so, great scene of the drunk in the shower, just standing there with his eyes closed. Mickey Rooney and Buddy Hackett try to wake him up. Nothing happens. That's, and, then, and that's it. That's no, there's no joke, no punchline. It's just a thing that happens. The, the guy's son with the medicine says, I'll show you another way out of here. And then uh, that scene ends. And then Milton Burl and the British guy went back to get the ladies, but they're not there anymore. So they press on. Great scene. Yay, Much needed. plot moving forward at the speed of nothing. Oh. So, <laughs> the plane lands. Since Caesar and his wife get out and start running. The glasses guy goes down a very steep hill. He makes it to the bottom, but the camera's having real issues keeping that car in frame. Yeah. I don't know if, like, and, if they're trying to show off the fact that it's not Phil Silver's on the car or what, but... Yeah, know. who knows? Since, Again, since I can't Caesar tell a bug from a feature of this movie, yeah. Since Caesar and his wife go to a hardware store, and the guy outside says, Ah, it's 12 o'clock, it's closing time. What?! 12 o'clock?! And especially, like, I can see, well, if it's tiny mom and pop like fucking corner drugstore and there's only one guy working there and he's going to go off to lunch but no this is like a whole like hardware store warehouse that mm -hmm. they just barge into so there's got to be a whole staff working there it can't just be one guy but yeah mr dinkler's inside but oh no they get locked in the basement yeah i guess there's another comedian guy who i have no idea who he is but it's a cameo accidentally locks them inside the basement so i guess there was one more person who could have kept the store open if he was in there like there's i don't see why the guy working the counter was closing up the whole shop just to go to lunch but yeah, yeah but know. so that's the joke is that like sid caesar and his wife they're literally like like a five minute walk away from where the treasure is but they, yeah they, but now they're stuck locked in the in, in the basement of this hardware store for the rest of the movie which I do like is the funny, idea that someone's practically there, but now they're fucked. Yeah. Funny, funny conversation on Milton Berle has with the British guy arguing about how Britain or America is worse. And the talk about titties and stuff is funny. That kind of garbage. Garbage. Uh, uh, it's American uh, supposition of breasts, bazooms, yeah. And like Milton Berle threatens to bazooms. kill the br uh, British guy and... 
It's just uh, not funny. If women went out brawls, you're nothing with a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and he talks about how women are. It's all. Uh, women control everything in America. <laughs> it's weird to think that, like, Bill and Burl's supposed to be the funny guy in this situation. All he does is just, like, threaten to kill the guy. He doesn't do anything funny. Like, it's just. No. Yeah. So, this, so, um. Let's see. It, the, so, the whole, whole reason they don't unlock them out of the basement. Is because one saggy-eyed cop back at the police station, <laughs> when they say they've locked themselves in the basement, is like, fair. Ah, it's a race! It wouldn't be fair! Well, so, Fuck like, you, this dude! Is also when the movie... Let him out of the basement! This is when the Who movie... gives a shit? The cops are, like, have supernatural knowledge of what's a what's happening in the plot now. Because they're like, okay, these characters have just... We know, we somehow we've managed to track them uh, to this basement, and we're somehow watching what's going on inside the basement, and uh, the, 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 the Sid Caesar and his wife are trapped in the basement they can't get out yeah and the guy says well and like and fucking yeah spencer tracy's like okay we got to send someone in to help them and which there's no reason why because i'm like no he, but like yeah the guy says like that this is a race it wouldn't be fair and like you think spencer tracy was like that's not who cares we're gonna arrest all these people anyway what and i think and, and he does say something like that but it's like I get, I get that they're trying to make the the the, the police are kind of like an audience surrogate in this situation where they're kind of like commenting on what's happening, but it's just like really kind of weird. I just yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, it's it's the most hand wavy ever. I see again, but I don't even need to see what we need to keep on checking in with the cops commenting on this stuff because again they're just telling us stuff that we already know because we're watching the movie. We don't need an audience yeah. surrogate. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah, Sid Caesar tries to knock down the door, the sliding metal door with a sledgehammer, yeah. but can't do it because it's it's a sliding door. You're making Dumbass. it harder to open, you, you fuckhead. Yeah. Use a crowbar. Pry it open. Mm. Oh, but anyway, they're at a hardware store. Where are they going to get a crowbar from? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, Mickey Rooney and Buddy Hackett are on a plane now with Hal. He wants hey, would you get back there and fix me a drink? Uh, it's the only way to fly. <laughs> I guess that's supposed Man. to be a joke. Like, is Jim Backus the voice of like American Airlines at the time, and that was their slogan? Mm. So that's the, like, rah, 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 rah. um, yeah. Spencer Tracy's on the phone. His daughter is mad. She won't come to the phone because her she's tall and she her boyfriend. I don't know. Something, something. It's just I don't know. Why it's are we completely unclear? I don't care. Movie, shut why up. are we wasting time on this? Since oh, so, 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 so user finds some dynamite, but he can't use it because his wife hates explosions. Which is the That's most... the whole reason. What? Why? What? <laughs> I... You know how I hate explosions. I mean, how often are there explosions hates... happening? No one wants to be blown up. Like I don't. <laughs> So then he like knocks off a wall. He knocks to like a oh they, they they find an alarm on the wall. They think they they pull the alarm, it'll work. Well, but, like, uh, yeah, you go ahead. I just he finds yeah twenty minutes of him trying to get the burglar alarm to go off. Solid writing. He puts two wires together. He gets electrocuted by it for, for like five, five minutes. minutes. It goes on. Before he falls in some paint, I, and I shit my pants with laughter. I, do, I couldn't believe it. Like, I do like the lighting effect. It does that anamorphic glow of the light off off the when he, when the, the, the wires are, like, exploding with electricity. I just thought, like, that was a cool-looking special effect. 
Uh, but I don't know. I don't know to, if to believe it because he's an old man and he probably lies a lot. But he said he had giant rubber gloves and there was rubber insulation because that was real electricity. I don't know if I necessarily That's believe the, that. Well, again, like according to like I saw someone Mickey Rooney was claiming that they were actually flying a real airplane for those scenes. Obviously not. You're <laughs> in a fucking like you can tell Mickey that Rooney's just, the biggest liar in Hollywood. Saying, like, I was there when Mickey Mouse was created. Well, it was named after like, me. I think Milton Berle was talking about how like fucking. Uh, Ethel Merman loaded up her bag full of 30 pounds of jewelry and like so so she could like she was like g giving people bruises that would last for a week. He had a bump on his head for six months. got an empty bag. Like yeah, it's just yeah, like, we get, sure. like we've seen the movie like I, I know you're comedian you're doing <laughs> press you're gonna make up shit but it's just like get the fuck out of here guys. I do. If you're gonna make shit up make it interesting. Make it, yeah make it that's the <laughs> and then you can't even do that part right. And like, fun, and I like that Sid Caesar supposedly gets a whole bunch of paint on him, which is obviously just like eggs, because it's not like opaque paint. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like translucent yellow slime. Because I guess they didn't want to actually dunk their star in actual paint, so they just, I uh, just, yeah. More dancing. More dance, deeply, deeply shitty dancing, but then the lady answers it and gives it to Sylvester. Oh, this is, yeah, okay, yeah, I forgot she's the one. The mother-in-law screams and yells out how she was. I was assaulted, Sylvester, And he said, I'm coming, mama. He doesn't pay attention every, to anything she says, yeah. No, and in every moment she's on screen makes me want to dig my <laughs> eyes out with my own severed toes. What, Ethel Merman? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I know that's the point, but well, they went too just, far. Yeah. Oh, that's the whole thing with this movie, too. Everything's too far, like... The, the, there's not enough good stuff in this movie to counterweight the fact that all the bad stuff is being amplified too. You know. So Thurston House said he gonna make the next drink because Mickey Rooney made it too sweet. But oh no, Buddy Hackett just jerks the controls to the plane all over, so that guy gets bonked on the head and that guy, out. man, the shot of I don't know, I'm assuming it's a stunt guy, but Jim Backus gets fucked. <laughs> up! And he gets bounced yeah. around. He like smashes his head off the cabinet. I that made me fucking laugh, just cause like I was like, cause Japan is an old man and he's getting brutalized by his own cabinet. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's obviously a stuntman, cause like stuntman looks like Phil Hartman, but oh god, it's fucking. <laughs> so now, but uh, yeah, that that's, that's actually one of my secret favorite parts of the movies actually, and I think mm. it's funny in a way. I don't think they intended just cause I love just love an old man getting beaten up is great by inanimate so objects. So now Buddy Hackett and, and Mickey Rooney are going to yell a lot. In this quote-unquote real airplane, they are quote-unquote flying. Yeah. Yeah, really, yeah. So, and, it usually, and all the rear <laughs> projection of this movie is so good, you cannot, who could possibly Oh, you can't tell. Just, like, I oh. love their scenes later, there's like a, like a car chase where like cars driving by are like twice as big as the cars, like on the set, <laughs> like. <laughs> anyway. So, anyway, <sighs> the tire falls off the British man's car. And now watch this two old men have one of the lamest fights in the history of cinema. It is a pretty good stunt. I do like the setup too, because they drive into a tunnel and then suddenly like, there's a shot outside of the tunnel and it's quiet. Is that the Indiana Jones tunnel? Uh, you know what? If it's not, it's very. It, you know what? Actually, uh, I, it, I, I would almost guarantee that it is. Unless they shot that uh, tunnel. You know what? Actually, well, I'm watching it now. That's probably probably is the Indiana Jones tunnel, which is funny because there's a similar tunnel from like Roger Rabbit and. 
Buckaroo Bonsai, mm-hmm. which is very similar, but I don't think it's the exact same tunnel. But I do like the idea that, like, the, the their Jeep is preceded by the tire just, like, rolling out of the tunnel before them. And then the car, yeah. the Jeep comes out and it's missing a tire, which I thought was funny. And actually, the stunt of the Jeep rolling up on the hill next to the tunnel and flipping is actually really fucking good. It's like, a, like especially for 1962... Like, it rolls over a couple times, and I feel bad for whatever stunt guy was in that thing. But yeah, the fucking Milton Berle punches through a window to get at the fucking British guy because they're arguing about stupid shit all over again, and yeah. Yep, so... Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. They, f- they fight. There's a point fight. where the British man is standing in front of a cliff, and Milton Berle jumps at him, trying to I... get him. And it makes a sounds like he jumped into a pile of buckets? Yeah. You know, that's, what? That's one of the things I guess this movie was nominated for a whole bunch of Oscars, only won one for best sound editing, or like best. Whoops. I guess it was not even sound editing at the time. It was like best sound effects, and which Wait. actually in this scene where Milton Berle and the fucking British guy are throwing each other on the ground, they're just making the Pink Panther getting hurled onto the ground sound effects, and just car- mm. cartoon sound effects. Uh, yeah. Well, this was obviously a, a very shitty year for movies because I, like, sent you what the top grossing movie of the year was. Oh, God. I don't even remember it, but it was, like, Skittlebrow or something neither yeah. of us well, have was, ever it heard of. It was Kennedy died, so movies got real weird because in terms of, like, who was going to go see what because everyone was... I guess this came out, like, a week after Kennedy got, got assassinated, too, which I'm surprised mm. this movie did as well as it did, but especially, like... The movie is like, if, especially if they were like it premiered with a three-hour version. That means even fewer people being able to see the movie because they can only sh- have so many showings a day. But anyway. Spencer Tracy talks to his daughter on the phone, who's at a bus station now. I have no idea why she's upset. Maybe they were gonna go to Hawaii without her. I don't know. They never really say. So he gets his wife on the other line of another phone, and then the phone, he puts the phones together, and they talk to each other, and it sucks. In a better movie, that'd be a funny gag, because I like the mm. idea, but it just, again, it goes on forever. We've already seen the scene four times. The daughter's the just screaming, screaming. For, without words. The mother's like, talk to your father, talk to me, why aren't you saying anything? And between it's that so and nothing. cutting back to every other scene where Ethel Merman is screaming at everybody, it's just like, oh my god, you need to take fucking Tylenol mm. to watch this movie. The mother-in-law keeps insulting Winters, so he pulls over, tells her to get out. She needs to have her ass run over. And then her son is crying in his car, saying, I'm coming to get you, and that's all we see of that guy for, like, the next half hour. It's just a movie around, like, cutting she- him, guys. I'm coming for you, mama. Yeah. Is she get the mother-in-law falls into the car when Jonathan Winter pulls her out. She falls back in it, rolling down a hill. Nothing happens. I was sure. hoping, I was like, oh, man, finally something happens with the mom. It's going to be great. And because I was like, because she, she obviously looks like she's about to like backflip in the car or something like that. The car's about to go rolling off uh, like, and it does like roll off the road, but nothing interesting happens. She just kind of rolls into the dirt. And that's like, I was hoping the like the, the, the if they, <sighs> if they had come up, with, uh, she's such a foil in this three hour movie. She's obviously supposed to be the person you dislike the most. Yeah. If they had kept coming up with creative ways for her to get damaged through the entire movie. That could have actually been a funny through line, but like, which I guess, like, waiting for her to get her comeuppance until like the very last thing in the movie is supposed to make that last punchline even funnier. But no, it's we'll talk about that. Oh, she rolls down, and um, Sid Caesar uses a blowtorch on the door. He keeps trying to knock over, and the man with the glasses gets led to a creek by the boy and the two idiots. Wait, the two idiots on the phone keep fighting. 
The, the chief comes in, tells Spencer Tracy, no, they ain't gonna give you no pension, whatever. The hardware store catches on fire, whatever. The guy with the glasses drives the shot, doesn't drive in the shallow part of the creek where the kid just walked over and goes sinking in the water and says, oh, you told me this, this stream was shallow. Oh, what's the matter? Oh, you kid. And he just sinks up to his hat. And yeah, mm -hmm. and like all the like plot lines are suddenly like getting to their climax right at the same time. I was like, oh shit, there's gonna be an intermission here, right? Turns out there's yep. an intermission. The plane crashes through a billboard. That's actually pretty good stuff. That is obviously yep. like a full-sized yeah. airplane. I thought it would be like a little model or something like that, but which is oh, the plane barely made it back to the airport apparently. Which I could fucked uh, up one of the engines. Like propeller plane. I could see at least a jet, but like when it's a propeller plane and that like that 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 plane is hitting that billboard like propellers first. Like, that is mm -hmm. actually seems like kind of a fucked up dangerous stunt. Yeah. It's family yells at each other on the phone, and intermission happens. What a terrible two hours that, that was. That is two hours, and we still have an hour and a half left. Oh my fucking god. And we go to the intermission, and especially, it's funny because the version we're watching now, there's, uh, it starts off with a little bit of music, but then suddenly it turns into police calls. Just, mm -hmm. like, just essentially, like, re-updating the audience about what's been going on. Uh, reading up about this in the trivia and stuff, I guess uh, the audio for the police calls that we're hearing during the intermission was audio that was pumped into the theaters during its premiere, like into the bathrooms and stuff. <laughs> Could you imagine being like, I can't get away this from it. This movie's terrible, and oh my god, no, they're talking about Spencer Tracy over the radio in the fucking bathroom, oh my god, fucking end. CBS presents this program in color. <laughs> It told me the stream was shallow! Why you hey? Oh you kid! I'll kill him with you! Hordes of panicky people seem to be evacuating the town for some unknown reason. Professor, without knowing precisely what the danger is, would you say it's time for our viewers to crack each other's heads open and feast on the goo inside? Yes, I would, Kent. It's just a piece of paper. It's mine. Rightfully sorry, but there is no hidden treasure. I have already used this time to escape from your jail. Bondus wishes. Well, I can't make out the signature. Back to the film. God. What were they so, high on? Why did they think this movie needed to be three and a half hours long? 
Sid Caesar and his wife lit a fuse, but it doesn't go off. Then it some it goes into some fireworks somehow, and those go off. Well, which good, we Sid good, did good. see when they first came in here. There was a room full of dynamite and fireworks, which I guess Sid Caesar Sid Caesar did not pay attention to the fireworks part, but. The comedy timing on he says something and then the fireworks start going off. The comedy timing, awful. Yeah, absolutely awful. It it could have they it could have landed, but they did they did it bad. They did a bad that's, job. It really like I think that's the, the the big tension in this movie is not there's good ideas with a pretty good cast, but the execution because it's funny because like everyone remarks about this movie is like this is the only comedy that this guy did and everything that else that Stanley Kramer did was like Nazi dramas and stuff like that and like you it's it's bits like that where you can really see the weakness of the director like uh, like showing that like he the 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 pacing is yeah the timing of that just doesn't you like and again a good editor could have fixed that because like mm-hmm. in the raw footage here there's stuff you could bash into good shape like in snappy with with snappy editing but the way it's just presented now it's just like so limply there's things kind of happening and dead air and things going on for too long and things happening over and over again and it just like just totally lessens whatever comic impact 99 percent of this movie had and again, with the fucking making of features, fucking Sid Caesar talking about how they were, like, firing real guns four inches from his face to, sh- to create yeah. the effect of the fireworks going off in the room in front of his face. I'm like, it's obvious it's, like, it's like tracer fire or something like that. He's not, it's not four inches. It's, like, it's, no. it's not, like, I fucking hate, oh. <laughs> <laughs> your, your movies, so- uh, don't, it's. You're you're making up stories about this shit is so fucking bad. Just don't have to lie. Come on, man. Yeah, Buddy Hackett's still making the plane go everywhere. He would have crashed a dozen times by now. Yeah. In the airfield, there's the Three Stooges standing around like firebirds. I, I mean, knew they could have had the cameo be jokes and make use of comedy legends, I, but no, just have them standing there holding stuff. I get, and I guess the audience like cheered and applauded and laughed. That's for like a lot of people. That the was the highlight of the movie. And they even point out the fact that, like, it's it's remarkable that the highlight of the movie is, like, the Three Stooges not doing anything. Which, the the fans who claim that should... It's funny that they don't realize how poorly that speaks of the rest of the film when they're admitting mm. that the Three Stooges, like, showing up and literally doing nothing is funnier than anything else in the film. And it's weird, mm-hmm. too, because I knew the Three Stooges had a cameo in this as firefighters and so when the oh the fire trucks just start showing up and stuff I'm like oh man maybe this is it maybe the three stooges are going to show up and i wasn't expecting them to do like an extended bit or anything like that but i thought it would be like they would at least like get out of the fire truck or anything like that the way it's staged like the camera just pans they're already standing there and they're not like panicked or anything like that they literally look like they're just waiting for like their coffee order to be filled fulfilled at the craft services station because they're just standing there holding fire equipment just staring off into the distance and like it literally could have almost just been a still photograph of them guys just standing there that they could have put in place of the dudes like and i could see like maybe they didn't want to like have like you know like a vocal like didn't have, want to have any lines or anything like that, which is so weird because you can say, well, they were old, but then again, fucking Buster Keaton shows up at the end of this movie, and he's, like, running around. He only has one scene that wound up in the finished film, but at least he's, like, running around doing physical activity. It's so weird that, like, and I do, like, at least when it pans over, it plays the first three notes of the Three Blind Mice song, which was, you know, the theme for the Three Stooges, which actually I thought that was cute. But even if it was just the Three Stooges, just, like, watching the airplane come in and like making a face like oh no or something like that that's all if they did literally anything more than what they did which is nothing 
it would have been more interesting. <laughs> but, I mean, it's mm-hmm. nice to see. I love seeing Mo Howard and Larry Fine again one last time, but... Damn, yeah, I guess it's so. Curly Joe Dorita, who I wonder, he looks like he's puffing out his cheeks to make himself look fatter, I guess? I don't know. But... Mm. I don't know. So, oh, God. So now they figured out how to use the radio, and they can talk to Air Traffic Control Tower. Oh, God, and this is 20 minutes right here. Carl Reiner's in the tower. Dude, he does nothing funny. I think he's like one of the, like, I think he may be like the last surviving person who shows up in this movie. Yeah. Know? That is one... <laughs> One thing, oh, we can take solace in is everybody is dust in this movie. Everyone, now. Carl Reiner's the last man standing, which I hey, we're recording mm-hmm. this today is so Mel Brooks's 94th birthday, which almost kind of surprised Mel Brooks doesn't show up in this, especially if you've got Carl Reiner in this thing because I know they're buddies. But yeah, that's uh, uh, Tracy Spencer comes out of his office <laughs> being a broken Spencer. man, Spencer Tracy, <laughs> like Tracy. and then. That's the funny uh, thing. They, like, if you don't know who Spencer Tracy was, you see his name, you, and, like you can't tell if like it works both ways. Like you, like yeah. Anyway, and so now we get a recap of what's been going on with everybody because I, like, I guess we forgot. I guess we forgot. I know we just came back from intermission, but and we're not stupid. Movie, come on, give us a break. Yeah. He looks at the map that they're pointing everything out on and thinks about Mexico and how. And then he says he wants a chocolate fudge sundae, so he'll take a break. And then a slick, straight-laced mili- old military man is going to talk them down from the plane. He does a lot of talking. There's only so many ways I can say this scene isn't funny. I guess uh, it's funny because I think Airplane may have ripped off this thing of, like, you, you've you got this straight-laced guy on the ground telling these pilots how like how to land this plane. And, like, the people in the plane are freaking out, which the Airplane does that funnier. I don't know if it's specifically ripped off from this thing, but... Yeah, so that goes on for Spencer a while. Tracy. Holy shit, mm-hmm. yeah. Spencer Tracy makes arrangement with his gay lover to make a one-way trip down to Mexico. That's <laughs> always... it's... It's... I sure what it sounds like. Well, it's weird, too, because I like the cut that we're watching. They didn't have the footage, so it just cuts to, like, yeah. a, like a, a still photograph of uh, fucking uh, Buster Keaton, like, on the phone. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, the, I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. And Spencer Tracy with like ice cream. Yeah, yeah that's it. I guess I guess he's calling from like the local five and dime where he's gotten his ice cream sundae. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. So the guy with glasses flags down Don Knotts. Which yay! I, I didn't know Don it. Knotts was in this, so that made me happy. He's getting tailed by a helicopter. Don Knotts is giving it all too. Oh, this is kinda like Don Knotts' <sighs> heyday. And Don Knotts yeah. is totally like, yeah, Don Knotts is like, he's totally just like liver-lipped and being like, oh my god, what's going on? I don't know what's happening. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Sid Caesar's finally going to use that dynamite, but his wa- wife wants him to try the door one more time. He tries, knocks down the whole dang thing, the landing, it was all up there, and then that scene's over. Oh, God. Which... And then there's a glasses guy. Go ahead. Well, we do see Sid Caesar. Do you still have, do you have notes about how they climb out of there? Out, out uh, of the basement? There's like a Chinese laundry yeah, next door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't gone. Okay, so yet, I just yeah. want to make sure you because the most... <laughs> I thought we were going to get the at least get through this movie without racism, but there's a note to be had there, too. <laughs> but, yeah. So, a guy, guy with glasses notices a helicopter, tells Don Knotts he's got to get to a phone and call the CIA and tell him X-37 <laughs> or like whatever's that, in yeah. danger. He's essentially tricking he's Don got... Knotts into thinking that he's a spy and that he has to get, like, yeah. a, he's, he's, he's he essentially don... just trying to steal Don Knotts' car away from him, yeah. Yeah, which he does. He tells Don Knotts goes inside and he steals his car, yeah. you know, whatever. 
And so Sylvester passes Carl Winters and the ladies, and the mother-in-law has him turn around. Why? What for? What's the point? Why, why would Carl Winters listen to her? He would tell her to get stuff. He would kick her out of the car right now because she has no leverage on him. And there's more. The whole point of bringing these two together was so if she caught a hold of her son, she would tell I him. I feel like I'm being gaslit that... by the movie. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> like, why? Why now? Like, why? And there's a couple cops following them and they're like, they radio into Spencer Tracy to be like, hey, they're suddenly, for some reason, they're turning backwards now. And I guess those two yeah, cops but are then Carl Win- Jonathan Winters is like, you know what? Fuck you. I'll turn it back around. And he does. Which, why did the scene exist then? I, like, okay, I, don't, I know. don't know. So, oh. Sylvester, the son, sees M- Milton Burrell and turns around and chases him. And they pass Winters and the ladies and the mother-in-law shouts things and... Then 20 minutes of Sylvester and Milton Berle's car on rear projection screens kind of bumping into each bumping other. Bumping into each other, and the cars on the rear projection screen stage don't obviously don't have tires. And so it's no. obviously just stagehands just smashing the two cars together on a sound stage. Smashing, quote-unquote. And this is like the gently w- pushing together. world's worst remake of the speeder bike chase from Return of the Jedi is this whole scene. Yeah, and God, yeah, and it goes, it's, it's, it's like fucking 15 minutes. It goes on forever, which I get that this is supposed to be one of the big car chase action scenes in the movie, but it's just Mm -hmm. between like, like the actual car chase parts aren't that, actually, they both end up driving in a ravine, which is actually a pretty good stunt, especially the guy, whoever the stunt driver for uh, Sylvester like looks like he could have especially got fucked up because he doesn't have a seatbelt on or anything like that. And like, it's an open air, like, oh God, it looks really nasty. But, like, everything up to the, the that crash is just really uninteresting. But then, yeah, Sylvester starts chasing Milton Berle and... and yeah, Colonel what'd you Terry. do to my mother? Are you British? You're British, man. Yeah. They argue for a while. And then uh, Jonathan Winters and the ladies pull up and everybody gets out of that car. And this is the point where Jonathan Winters should just drive off and leave them. But he's like, I'm leaving you all now. Especially there's like like a five-minute argument that he's not part of and he's just standing in the background. I was generally waiting for him to wise up, slowly back away, just get back into the truck and just drive off and leave these assholes there. Mm -hmm. Because especially he's leaving half the people involved in this chase. Like, this is a great way to get ahead. And like, I know that Both he's... Both their cars are fucked in the ditch. I know that, he, like, he, he's... He, that's not the point that he's supposed to be an idiot, but, like, it's just like, oh, my God. I'm just waiting for one of these characters to finally outthink the shitty script, but no one never does, but yeah. No. Oh. They all eventually get back in the car and, and get going again, and the, everybody in the, the tow truck that he stole from the gas station. Yeah. So, every time the plane buzzes, the air traffic control tower it gets funnier and funnier. <sighs> Every 12 time. times that it happens. They're mm-hmm. so proud of this, like, rear projection, rear projection footage of this airplane buzzing the tower that they got. And it's just, like, Top Gun, but dumber, I guess. Because I've never seen Top Spencer, Gun, so I don't know. Spencer Tracy somehow manages to convince the whole police station that he's going to go undercover and get the money back by himself after they find it. Which I thought All was right. interesting, because like, that's my first inkling. I was like, oh, man, he's going to try to steal that money. And I thought he was mm-hmm. going to have more of a plan, but no, but we'll get to there, mm. but yeah. More great scenes of the general trying to talk the plane down from the sky with just rambling, nice, sweaty, yeah. great, comedy gold. Is this the part where he falls Since out Caesar... of the, the, the thing? Not yet. Oh, okay. Since Caesar, I mean, it could be, who the fuck cares? It's so repetitive, it's Since like, Caesar... yeah. Yeah. Since Caesar and his wife finally lied the dynamite again, plane stunts happen, the general falls, but the wire holds him up, and I know they're trying to build it up. 
as the fuse burns, like, it's, oh, it's, stuff's getting hype. Yeah. But it does a bad job of it. I, there's not even any music to help. No, it's just, it just feels like random happenings. And even the guy, like, hanging from the, 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 the microphone cable outside of the uh, airplane observation tower like is that supposed to be a guy like this feels like this like this this is where you could have had buster keaton or harold lloyd playing that character like dangling from mm -hmm. the thing but i don't know maybe that guy so is a cameo but i just don't know who he is but. i think it is so as soon as they land that plane crashing into a restaurant Mickey that is a get good out, get out like because it's like a full-size plane crashing to like it's obviously just on a set but like i thought that was actually pretty yeah. good they jump out of the plane, grab a couple taxis, and leave. Nobody stops no them not, at all. There's not even, like, a crowd or It's just, like, yeah. They just bolt. And, yeah. So, since Caesar and his wife blow a hole in the wall into the laundry place next door, whoops, oh, no. Which, okay, it's a bunch of Asian guys, and I was waiting for there to be a big gong or something like that. And mm. I was like, well, it's always a little, a little racist with the Chinese laundry cleaning thing, but whatever. But, there's, like, a bunch of guys... Like, standing outside of the laundromat, and they're like, hey, where'd you come from? Oh, I think it's the people who r run the hardware store, because they're, like, yelling Yeah, at because them. he's like, hey, you vandal, yeah, stop. Yeah, hey, you vandal, stop. And then uh, they run into Peter Falk, who's a cab driver, and Peter Falk's mm -hmm. like, hey, what's wrong with you? Because he sees the paint all over fucking Sid Caesar, and Sid Caesar says, we fell into a bunch of yellow. Which, mm -hmm. are like, oh, for fuck's sakes, movie, like... Cause like it's yellow paint, a... but like they came out of a Chinese laundry, so it's like a big fucking. And it's uh... like. <sighs> anyway. Oh, it's so stupidly racist. I didn't even get the. I joke. had to stop and pause it to make sure I heard it right, and I had to look it up online. And that's yeah, people have been like, yeah. So. Oh. It fell into. That's the joke. Is yeah. That's a bad joke. That's not good. I like that's not even like it's not even it doesn't even mean anything. It's not like we fell into. <laughs> you know what, Bill? I'm surprised you didn't break out the slide whistle for this movie, because if any movie requires <laughs> oh, no, a slide whistle, it's this movie. Oh my god, I still have it. It's buried in the garbage, <laughs> but I need to... Oh my god, wait, 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 oh, okay. <laughs> hey, okay, okay. fell into a bunch of yellow. <laughs> perfect. Actually, if you had a slide whistle, like, yeah, uh, audio channel for this movie, that would actually make the movie a lot funnier. Oh my god, so, why are we watching Rat Race instead? <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll that talk about idea. that, yeah. So, um. Let's <laughs> yeah, see. My so brain is they, like, they, hey, where do they, you start? They, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, god. They. <laughs> all the police, the police start listening to the radio. Sorry for the Yeah, I know. Well, you have then a lot of notes. Yeah. How do you, do you check and, off your notes as you're, as you're going? Because you write them all like on an iPad or something, right? It's on my computer. Yeah, I don't know if you're like crossing off the notes as you go through them or just scrolling no, no. Them up I'm or just down. that's why I get lost so exactly. Often. Yeah, so no, that's fine. So they all pull up to the park as Spencer Tracy gives the order for all of the cops to leave. You know, the I agree. Not suspicious. Okay, at all. that's what it is. Yeah, that's when you realize that uh, Spencer Tracy has his own agenda here. And mm -hmm. I forgot. I had to go back and actually rewatch the opening scene uh, to get the specific details because all uh, Smiler or Grogan said was that it's buried in the Santa Rosita Park underneath a big w mm -hmm. and so at mm -hmm. least so at least they know like yeah so it's it's now it's sid caesar his his nameless wife who doesn't do anything buddy hackett <laughs> and fucking jiminy jillikers i can't survive <laughs> jiminy jillikers well yeah they're, they're now at the park so they know it's got to be somewhere around here 
Oh, I'm actually watching. They're actually like when they first walk in, you can see in the W in the background behind them. I didn't realize that the far left of the. Yeah. Where did Bucky, Buddy Hackett and Mickey Rooney get the shovel in the pit? Yeah, I guess everyone. Yeah, I like. I think also Phil Silvers. He shows up. He's got like. I guess everyone made their yeah. own stops at like hardware stores that were. The so hardware stores that don't close at noon. I guess got their business. Mm -hmm. I guess. Oh yeah. So they all agree to look for it together, and they split and up. This goes on for twenty Caesar, minutes. Mickey, buddy, okay. And then the taxi drivers wonder what's going on, lean into the frame and say, "What's up with these guys?" I Burf. the fucking black guy I love because he's got that voice. Was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like that guy has lived yeah. a life. Uh, I, well, that's that guy. Yeah, well, he's, he he's... yeah, I've seen him before and stuff. Uh, Someone on the internet did point out that this movie's interesting because the movie's got cameos from a lot of people who are known to work together, but they don't appear together in this film. I guess he played, mm -hmm. like, the valet to Jack Benny on the Jack Benny show, but it's funny that he and Jack yeah. Benny never actually interact in this movie at all. Same thing with, like, Sid Caesar and Carl Reiner. They did, you know, they worked on our show of shows together and stuff, but they don't appear together in the film and, and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I do like, yeah, <laughs> the black cab driver's got, like, one line because Peter Falk spends the whole time talking instead, but... Uh, yeah, Phil Silvers is heading to the park. Everyone else is heading to the park. Yep, the cops leaves as the chief goes into the park, and they can't find the big W, but the camera sure lets us know where Yeah, well, that's the big... And wasn't he in jail for, like, 15 years? It's pretty impressive that that shit's still there in such a dumb shape. Yeah, and he also, like, he reupholstered the land where he buried it so well that he would never... Yeah, one sec. Who let him in here? Like, did he bury it in the middle of the night so there's no public to see him burying this treasure? I don't know, probably, I, like who 15 knows, feet man. below the surface and stuff. But also, I'm assuming they must have created the W, like the filmmakers, because I can't imagine. Like, of course, it's not a naturally uh, occurring growth of trees. You know, at the end of the documentary, they're like, only one of the trees is left, but the people who own the place say they're gonna. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. The glasses guy gets there, he runs around too. Is there He's like sneaking like, around though, who yeah. Is. yeah. Says Caesar's wife says she'll close her eyes and spin in a circle three times and walk forward because that worked when she was a kid. Off... And then she trips over a bench. And she almost Great. falls off a cliff and it's just like, Fantastic. why, is... why do we need to pad out time. this part of the film? What's going on? Which, Grant, I'm watching it now and this is one of the deleted scenes. But still, and like Spencer Tracy's just spending the whole time. So it's like after every scene ends, he walks out from behind a tree and just kind of looks around. And this is like the mm -hmm. whole like this. I keep on thinking this is the end of the movie, but I forgot this is not even even close to the end of the movie. Fuck. Yep. The the rest of the everybody else gets to the park. Yeah, they show up in the fucking garage. Wife, yeah. She's not gonna look. Yeah. She says harumph to all this. She gonna sit in the car and pout. Mm -hmm. And the music plays like it's some big bombastic funny happenings, but no, nope, it's a girl it pouting in a garage forever. truck. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> and then Caesar's wife goes, or Milton Berle's wife goes to the water fountain to clean her face and dab dab her neck, and then she sees the big W. And Spencer Tracy rolls up, is like, "Hey, girl, what up? What are you looking at?" And she's like, "Oh, I know where it is." And he's like, "Hell yeah." And then she says she'll split it with Tracy. If he digs, then the old man can dig. She doesn't want to dig. And then just, and then she'll just go away. She'll go away where none of these assholes will ever find her. She hates everyone. Yeah, uh, she's, gonna, she's more, really in love with uh, Milton Berle, isn't she? Jesus Christ. And at this point, I had I was I had my hands clapped together, and I said, "Please, 
more scenes of them talking about how to divvy up the money. Oh, and God. the movie doth provide. And it's, just, it's almost like they're just reusing the same script from the beginning, too. Now, only now Phil Silvers is involved in... Winters just... chases that guy with the glasses, but then he realizes where the big W is, and now they all know where It is a stay. funny shot, because, and... like, Jonathan Winters comes running at the camera, and then he, like, stops for a moment, and he turns around, and that's when he realizes where the W is, and... It's mm-hmm. it actually that's one of the movie's real good uses of the Cinerama, like the super widescreen format. Is that's kind of a great shot, just uh, Jonathan Winters being kind of like you know like uh, uh, kind of like framed by the W, and I don't know. So Spencer Tracy's like, well, guess Jay found it. Sure sucks for you, and yeah, you don't get the bail on him. So now we watch people digging as everybody yells and, and shouts over each other. That goes on for a while. And great. Phil Silvers is still talking about how he's gonna. Well, he tries to make amends with Jonathan. Winters by saying, okay, we're going to give you two shares, because I feel bad. Yeah. Which no one else seems to have a problem with. And... Yeah. But then Phil Silvers, he counts himself twice, then Jonathan Winters gets angry again, starts chasing around, and fucking, yeah. it's fucking Otto is digging in people, the dirt, and he... People get in and out of the hole, because it gets too small, so he can take off his shirt and show his quote-unquote bodybuilder body. Yeah, and so then, but then he eventually kicks Jonathan Winters out because the room, the hole's not mm-hmm. big enough, and this, this goes on for... Mm-hmm. Ah, it should have been just like a three-minute scene, but it goes on for ten minutes. Yeah. It's Spencer, they find it, they find it, yay! Oh, this and, and this, they, they, they open, open up the thing, up. and the, this is when Phil Server starts talking money. about the shares and everything like that. Yeah, okay. And then Spencer Tracy's like, hi, I'm a policeman. And they say, oh, <laughs> I am everybody just gives up. And how how easily they just give in to Spencer Tracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the police station, Spencer Tracy's boss blackmails the mayor into giving him triple his pension. Cool. So they load the money into Spencer Tracy's car and everybody's like, come on, man, be cool. What can we do? Give us a break. And he's like, well, I'll tell you why you go. And you turn yourself in, and I make sure they go light on you. And they're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so after they leave, well, everybody piles in the taxi I'm cab. I'm kind of impressed they that they managed to stolen cars. The fact that they managed to squeeze all like 15 of these people into two taxi cabs. I do like there's a bit where Jonathan Winters has to throw himself into a cab. He's practically sitting on Sylvester's lap, which could not have been mm-hmm. comfortable for either of them just to get him to fit in that car. But then they drive yeah. away, and then then, then Spencer Trace is all like. Humana, humana. He radios in, says, Ah, it's gonna be a little longer. There was a Joker in the pack. I nobody was expecting. <laughs> he, winks, <laughs> he winks at the microphone, and then the guy in the microphone is like, Why are you winking at us, Captain? We could hear that through the radio. Yeah. Oh. So I listen to the people in the cabs suspect Tracy's up to something, and he is. He goes the wrong way, so they give chase to the taxis, and they follow him to the marina where Buster Keaton is waiting for him. And what do they do with this cameo of this great comedian of a comedy legend? One close-up of him saying, "What's going on?" And then he watches them leave. It kind of and he kind of like runs after walks them around. and kind of like yeah, walks around, and that's it. And that's like, mm-hmm. and, but that, again, that's funny that like, I was like, that's like 10 times more than, than all three Stooges get together, uh, all together get to do in this whole movie. But so at least, and it also is fucking, is fucking, wait, who are, what's the guy's name? Who are we talking about? I just have, Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. Is Buster Keaton like four feet tall? Because like, he Probably. seems like a little man, like at full <laughs> height. He's like kid-sized Happy Meal compared to everyone else in that scene. But like, 
Oh my god, which would explain how he went to do all those physical stunts all that well if he only weighed like 75 pounds and was like built like a 12 year old girl, but yeah. Anyway. So, at the police station, the cops radio that they just saw Spencer Tracy hauling ass at 90 miles per Being hour. Being chased and by everybody, yeah. And going on a while here. And some, for some reason, the police don't chase them. I don't know. So every time there's a scene with people in the cars with the rear projection, a bit of my soul dies and this leaves my body. Forever. I do like that fucking Phil Silvers, who's the greediest, most avaricious, most, uh, most, uh, yeah, greediest, most fucked up person. He's the first one who suspects that Spencer Tracy was not on the level. Uh, but mm. that was five minutes ago, but they're, they, they continue to trace Spencer Tracy yeah, through, like, fucking rear projection village. Yeah, and I suppose at the time it was considered exciting. I guess. And Eventually, they box Spencer Tracy in, and he runs from the car into some back alleys or whatever. And it's weird, too, because we're watching the full, like, th there's no deleted scenes, which would uh, explain why this works. But Spencer Tracy, like, runs into an alley. Everyone chases him into an alley. Okay, and suddenly so. <laughs> okay, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Because the radio, I'll just, I just want to get this note out. This radio's like, Spencer, no, don't go. It's all been worked out. Your pension. <laughs> oh, but then right, he's yeah. not there. They don't answer, answer. And they're like, oh, man. Well, I guess I rest our chief. So then it, it cuts back to him getting out of the back of one of the taxis. Yeah, he teleports to the backs of a taxi, despite the fact that last we saw of him, he was running down an alleyway away from all these cars. And, like, it's not like we see him sneak back into the back of one of their taxi cabs. So I don't know what, like, is there a missing scene? Like, that? yeah, I don't know. It's weird, it's... and I don't know. Like, at least but... as bad as this movie has been, at least spatially, it's made kind of sense in terms of who's doing what and where, but, like, yeah. Yeah. So then he knocks over the mother-in-law. She blah blah oh, blah. She gets knocked on her ass. I do like that part. Yeah. And then she's like, "Go get him!" So they chase him. They chase him inside. And since Caesar turns around, going up some stairs, and says, "We got him now. You women stay here." That's a real sweaty way to keep them from being in the last stunt <laughs> I know, scene. Exactly. And I'm assuming it's just because they didn't want to fit more stop-motion little characters onto the 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 the, <laughs> the, the ladder at the end. But yeah, so they chase so, Spencer Tracy into this abandoned, like, ten-story tall building. Yep, all the way up to the roof. Because just like Snow White, it's the best way to escape, is go up. <laughs> exactly. Spencer Tracy can so at least he, find another stairwell and sneak down there, but like, yeah. He gets to the roof, starts going down the fire this escape. This is one of my favorite maps from Call and, of Duty, actually. Like, when you're on that rooftop <laughs> sniping down at people, yeah. yeah. The guy from the end of Some Like a Hot. Oh, it's that guy. It's it's yeah. It, this yeah. is this is other Bobo Bertlar. Yeah, that guy with the face. It looks yeah. like a cat. He's like he's like fucking Ron Perlman's dad. I I'd say he's the guy from Fargo's dad. Oh yeah, Ron Perlman and fucking not John C. Riley, but yeah, other guy. If they butt fucked and had a kid, it'd be this. <laughs> it'd be the mayor from uh yeah. He sees them all climbing down the fire escape and says, "Hey, that's not safe." <laughs> Aren't fire escapes, is, like, that's the whole point of them, is to be safe? Yeah. Well, I guess they're not built to hold, like, 15 people, and, uh... They should be, because of the building on fire, everybody should try to get off the fire escape actually a good point. You can't guarantee that everyone's once. just gonna go one, one person down each fire escape, like, and wait five minutes for that person to get off the fire escape, and then one other... Yeah, that's a good point, actually, yeah. It comes undone, starts hanging it's off the building. It's a pretty good stunt. I mean, obviously, they're just on a back yeah. lot, they're not actually up on a building. And you can yeah. tell all these people are that's not the actual cast. Although whoever the stunt double for Peter Falk's pretty good because he's totally like the same build as Peter Falk. 
But yeah, I'm assuming this opens. is the bit where it's like all the stuntmen in Hollywood. But yeah, the, the case opens. Yeah, the case opens. Money flies everywhere. Everybody <laughs> lost out. And obviously, I love it in the scenes like this where it's obviously just like cheap paper money. Uh huh. Firemen show up as it all falls apart. A ladder is extended. Fireman climbs to the top just to say one at a time, ah, fuck you, I'm out. Uh, the guy at the top, back is down. Sterling Holloway is the guy who, the, the, the fireman is at the top of the ladder, but then everyone says fuck it, and they all just jump onto the ladder all at the same time. Mm-hmm. It turns into stop-motion animation so by Willis O'Brien. starts swaying around, but don't worry, the music says it's all very whimsical as these dummies drop from the sky. It's that fucking calliope music, a fucking... Pick another fucking melody, motherfuckers! Christ! They fall into pools, I into building rooms, and fountains. I love the trivia for this movie. Is like, actually, the, the the people at the end were partially stop motion. I'm like, no fucking shit. <laughs> and I guess this was the last special effect done by Willis O'Brien, who did this uh, stop motion animation for King Kong. So that's kind of mm. a nice little bit of trivia. But I love, I, this is actually, I do love this shit where everyone's getting thrown off the fucking ladder. They turn into dolls. Yeah. Obviously, just like soft body dolls getting thrown through windows, crashing through like fucking uh, signs and shit. It's fucking, these people are getting fucked up. And I do like that fact that they all end up in the hospital because, like, the movie does not, like, hand wave away that these motherfuckers should probably be dead now. And it goes on for a while, all these guys getting thrown yeah. around and shit, like. Electrocuted on five power lines. Dead. Spencer Tracy rides a. a a palm tree leaf down some power lines into a pet shop where he crashes. Yeah! And dog licks like, his face, but they only got half a second of that dog licking so they his rock face, it back so they scrub it back and, and forth? And they lean on it for a while, too. It's like, oh my god, that looks... Could you not just do a second shot of this? Or they, they run out of peanut butter to put on Spencer Tracy's face in this so they can only have the one shot. But yeah. God, but I fucking... So I love dolls getting thrown through shit. Like, I just... Oh, it yeah. just looks terrible because the limbs never bend correctly. It's just fucking no. great. Anyway, but that's... So now they're all in the hospital and body casts in various poses that have never been used in the history of hospitals ever. Uh, Buddy Hackett is sitting there with his legs spread, if you're a little, like, which is extra alarming, and he's eating... Oh, he's eating a banana. Of course mm -hmm. he is. The, the son has, like, his fingers kind of half-wrapped with a big, like, coat hanger wrapped around the tips of them. Yeah. But, like, three inches away from the tips of it, it makes uh, no yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, they, they, and especially with, like, eight characters, like, done up the same way. They tried to, like, do inventive different kinds of body casts for each character. But, like, yeah, no. Mm -hmm. I like Spencer so, Tracy's in there. He's all fucked up, too. I honestly thought so, that the moral of the... Well, anyway, we were practically in the end, so we should finish it before I start. Yeah, before. so... It's, it's, so they're all, oh, I wonder what they're going to do to us. And Spencer Tracy says they'll all probably get on flight since he's a cop and they can throw the book at his, him as an example. Plus, his wife is leaving him and the mother-in-law is suing for damages. What? And his daughter is getting her name changed and his pension is being revoked. Boo-hoo-hoo. And Peter Falk says, oh, that's tough. And then he chuckles. And Tracy says he's like to think in 10 or 20 years there will be something he can laugh at. Buddy Hacker throws a banana peel on the floor. Can't see where this is going. And then the women come marching in. And the mother-in-law starts shouting, It's all you idiots' faults! And she slips on the banana peel and everybody starts laughing like it's the ding-dong funniest damn thing they've ever done damn fucking scene. Even Spencer Tracy says, <laughs> And it ends. Yeah, it just fades black and that's the end. And in a better For world, a movie that was... Groucho Marx would come out and say something funny, but like, yeah, no. 
For a movie that was sleeping in a bed full of shit, it managed to shit the bed one last time before fading out. Yeah. So that's it's a mad, 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 mad world. It's not. It's. It's a bad, 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 bad movie. <laughs> it's not good. It is. <laughs> it's a lot of movie, and it's got some interesting ideas. But man, the execution. And again, even if we watch the shorter version of this movie. It's just fundamentally flawed in all kinds of different ways. It's weird too because there's no jokes. There's no. They expect the physical stuff to carry it, but it's physical stuff. Isn't the script funny. is terrible. It's legitimately it's terrible. Awful. Um, and a waste. Like I said, you have so many characters, kind of like not. You can't even say straight men, but like, like I said, like Burl Burl is just kind of sitting there, just reacting to everyone else, kind of being a maniac for the whole movie, and just like, yeah. It's I don't know who wrote this movie. I should look up more stuff about that because like like it's easy to blame the director for not being a comedian, not having the chops to like tighten this movie up in terms of like how it was uh, edited and presented and everything like that. But also just like the script is just not like even if you remade this movie today with the same script, it would still just be flaccid oh. and dumb and boring. Which yeah, we should have been That's watching. Sad. Rat Race. It's the same writer who did the Lady Killers. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Oh Jesus, fuck that guy. Well, no, the Lady Killers was actually entertaining, well, but that's because you you had you had the people in it knew what they were doing. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, that movie was only like two hours long, not three and a half hours. And long. you know, I I honestly oh. don't I I don't feel like the um, writer failed this movie per se. I'd say it was the director and the editor failed this movie. <sighs> I, it doesn't feel like they edited it together. They just, like, took whatever footage they had and just, like, placed it linearly. There's, there's like, an assembly cut. And they never went in to tighten everything else. So they were just like, well, we filmed the script. Let's just release it like this. And Yeah, and then, like, I went in and actually watched some of the scenes, like, in the other version, the shorter version, just to see, like, if, like, the actual editing is any better. But no, it's they just cut out, like, bit like scenes. It's not like, like the editing entirely is, like, all tightened up or anything like that, so... Scenes are still as flaccid as they were in the, any other version of the film. So, yeah, cutting out big chunks of it didn't necessarily make it any better anyway, so... It just made it... Just no. made it less... It didn't make it better, it just made, made it meant that there was less bullshit to suffer through. And... And we've seen better comedies before and after this. Yeah. So what happened here? So, yeah, like I said, like, like, we've, like yeah, we've seen stuff that was 30 years older than this stuff that was better. And, um... Just, it's... Fuck you people who were... <laughs> like and like i love i there's plenty of old movies that i eventually unpacked all the baggage from and have learned to enjoy on their own merits like i love citizen kane i love casablanca but that's because like mm -hmm. i managed to like try to like wipe away all the all the crud from the fans about those movies and try to learn to appreciate them on their own merits and like not get so hung up on the reputation of this movie and like it feels like that that's the only reason anyone cares about this movie is just because yeah it's reputation more than anything else and i feel like it's they were told to care about it so they decided to care exactly about it. and it's always those kind of film fans are like oh how could you not love it it's got it's got it's got uh, sid caesar it's got carl reiner like yeah but they don't do anything just because it's got yeah. people in it does like by that like like there are plenty of good people who have made bad movies and this is just how to be a bad movie made by all of those people um and it's weird too because yeah because maybe this is me growing up in a age of more sentimental movies you know i grew up in the 80s and stuff like that i expected uh spencer tracy i thought spencer tracy would like the whole thing would be like of course he's the good guy he would be the one person who gets away to mexico with all the money and i thought it was just weird that no he just does break bad 
and gets fucked up by everyone else at the end of the movie anyway. Like, he does... And I do like the lesson at the end of the movie where it's like, no matter how fucked up you are, as long as there's always someone else more fucked up than you to laugh at, you'll always have friends, I guess? But it's still just like... I don't know. I mean, especially this day and age of the world so fucked up. It, I thought that was kind of a nice little thing at the end where, like, even when you're when you're that fucked up, you could always still find something to laugh at. Which is always, you know, that's always a good thing to remember. But, like, I don't think it was worth seeing the rest of the movie just to get that little that, that, that little fortune cookie of an ending delivered to you. But, yeah, it's no. Mad Men World. Yeah, it's, it's... There's no trivia about this movie that doesn't sound like it was cooked up or, like, enhanced by stupid bullshit. So there's not much to say about the making of this movie or how it's put together. What are you talking but... about, Bill? That best one I sent you. <laughs> Which one about everyone saying hey? Or fucking... I, dude, you sent me so many bad bits of trivia that it was astonishing. Uh, let me... <laughs> so, I don't know. my favorite one was Don Knotts, Peter Falk, and Jerry Lewis oh, yeah. all passed away in a year of... <laughs> In a year a film of Pixar's Cars franchise was released. Knots in the what? year of Cars 2006, Falk in the years of Cars 2011, and Lewis in the year of Cars 2017. Of course, with a cast this big? Like, there's, like, what? How is that trivia? Like, who? Who is so obsessed with Cars that they were like, oh my god, that's a fascinating pattern that I've oh. discovered? <laughs> the highest grossing movie that year, this took second place, was a movie called Carpetbaggers. Yeah, I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> and it's like the 1960s. I can see if it was a movie that was released in like 1927 that was some old silent film, but like, yeah, what the fuck is the Carpetbaggers? I don't know. The fuck? What was wrong with everyone in the early 60s, for Christ's sakes almighty? Anyway, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. It's a mad, mad world. Again, not the end of the world, not the worst thing we've ever covered, but no. man, does not live up to its reputation. Like, if anyone tells mm -hmm. you this is their favorite film, and who knows, I'm sure I'm someone who loves fucking toys, so I can't like. Like, of course, this is, every movie is someone's favorite movie, but holy shit, be careful when someone tells you that, because that person is probably high on their own farts and all kinds of shit, so, oof. Be a oof. Be careful. Be a oof. What are we doing next time? Be a oof. Well, next time we go from one boring piece of shit to another boring piece of shit. Oh, um, we're going we're to Disney through, talk the, Disney through the decades, right? Uh-huh. Um, what are we doing? It Bambi. <laughs> no! Well, but at least it's short. You know what? If we get Bambi and Dumbo out of the way, those are the two big mm -hmm. things I'm worried about because Dan Dan Bambi and Bumbo, Bambi and Bumbo, Bambi and Bumbo are fucking boring as shit. So if we can get yeah. through those things, at least Bambi's only an hour ten. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Neither of them are very long. I think Dumbo's like, <laughs> I think Dumbo is like 35 minutes long. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> I think they forgot to finish that movie. Um, okay, this yeah. is, yeah, when it's, it, it's, it's early World War II era where it's this stuff and Slutus Amigos and stuff like that, and I get a little dicey in terms of the stuff we're talking about in the future, but, like, yeah, if we can get through that and... Yeah, we'll get through yeah. it. I mean, we got through this three-hour monstrosity. God, yeah. Yeah, Dumbo's an hour and four minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay, yeah, because I, I think Dumbo may be the, the shortest uh, Disney animated feature. Um, yeah, tune in for that while we talk about bunnies, and I, at least it's a pretty <laughs> movie. I know the, I remember seeing that in theaters during its one re-releases, and I remember the opening, 
uh, multi-plane shots of Bambi of the Forest and stuff. It's like really gorgeous, but you know. Yeah. You never cried during Bambi, you but the mom dying and all that shit. Mm, no. Okay. Again, that's another thing why so many people are like I cried so hard. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You're fucking. <laughs> Like, maybe when the movie first came out and you didn't know how movies worked, and you didn't know that, <laughs> like, yeah, again, yeah, the, the same people who think Moments of Mad Mad World are great, because you don't know any better, but, yeah. God, we sound oh, like sorry. such pretentious ass- not even pretentious, but, like, judgmental assholes, but, God. We are. We are, That's but, like- That's the whole thing. God. Anyway, fucking get your shit together, people who like bad stuff. And this is for someone who, who loves the movie <laughs> Toys. And so I, I have, yeah. I have plenty of room to speak for when I'm like saying, guys, stop liking bullshit. Like, like if you're like ba bad bullshit, like interesting bad bullshit, not just tired ass, sweaty <laughs> ass bullshit. Yeah. <sighs> so that was, it's a mad times four world. <laughs> Are you just is that gonna be the episode title? It's a mad times four world. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. It, it's a mad etc. World, yeah. Well, that, that, yeah. that, that speaks the whole fucking tone of this movie because I saw Stanley Kramer was like, I think, like when we were filming the movie originally, it was just called It's a Mad World. And then as we kept on filming, we kept on adding more mads to it. And even today, I think it would be a funnier movie if we added a fifth mad. And that is totally like the, 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 the thought process behind the making of this film in a nutshell. Where it's like, that's not entirely funny, dude. That's just, it's more does not equal better. You yeah. fucked up. You fucked up the moment you decided to add one more more. Or it's mad. Fuck. God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking so... polio fucked these fuckers up. The people who grew up in the depression, man. What the fuck is wrong with them? Jesus Christ. Okay, shut up, Phil. Yeah. I hate old people. No, it's fine. Mid-century laziness. He's... God damn, I hate Hey, they're... They're all dead. They are all dead. <laughs> the fate has exacted its justice among everyone involved in itself, except for Carl Reiner, who I guess is an angel, and that's how why he survived God's punishment for yeah, being involved in this yeah. movie. Carl Reiner seems like a decent yeah. dude. Everybody else, I don't know. Spencer Tracy, he was born in 1900. He died in, like, 67. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that, like, Zazu Pitts, who played the like, radio operator in this movie, she died, like, three months after this movie came out. Like, people, like, yeah. God saw how bad this movie was, and he started cutting down people real quick as soon as this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, and I, like it's, I, I hope it was the God of the Bible, of the uh, Old Testament, like, the Raiders of the Lost Ark Guard that sucked all these people into hell. Anyway. Yeah, hopefully. So, anyway, he's muttering on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter. Podcast.com. I hear people stuff. in the back. Yeah, yeah, dumb dog. Oh, it's bark. dogs. I wonder if your family's back. It's home. dumb dog bar. Uh, yeah, they're back. Home. Okay, I'll let you go but do anyway. stuff. Oh no, no, you're fine. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, next time's going to be Bambi. Bambi. Bambi is dear. So uh, get ready for bump. Well, was always a is it the name of him on the the tat. No, Animaniacs episode, Bumbo. You got me. I like, yeah. I was, did we do an Animaniacs episode? Uh, yes. Okay, there's still, I still, like, I only did, like, 25 episodes of Animaniacs, so I still have gaps in my knowledge of the Animaniacs. Okay. Uh, yeah, next time's gonna be Bambi, so oh hopefully that will be a short one. But we need knows. to get, give ourselves a treat after what's Mad Mad World and Bambi, one right after the other. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, our, next, uh, our next episode after Bambi is gonna be us just watching fucking Venture Brothers or something. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah. yeah. Right. We gotta go. Well, anyway, yeah, we gotta... We gotta go swimming in Animal Crossing! 
Oh, look, soon. Yeah, this yeah. weekend. We're recording this a couple days before the new summer update comes out, so. Okay. Mmm. Yeah. So, uh, I got nothing else. Bill's got nothing yeah. else. Go support him on patreons.com slash modern, whatever it is. Send a check. That's not this podcast. Not, send, not, send, not support check or cash to grumpyturtle at gmail.com. That's not my address. Do it anyway. <laughs> Surprise someone with a random check. Uh, okay. Yeah, so don't watch this movie. If, if you did, sorry. This is gargle. Um, yeah, I got no Nothing. We're sucked. Our this. brains have been sucked dry with this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to laugh at the misfortune of everyone laughing at us because we, we, we feel like we're already in that firmery with everyone else. We've been so beat down by this movie that we're in traction too, so... Uh, go laugh at someone so, else's misfortune. Wipe your brain of this, the, the misery of this film, and yeah, go laugh at someone else and have a good day. Yeah. So until next time, keep building your holes with pop culture. So long, everyone. Take care, guys. Edie was doing a scene, and they had a close up of Edie speaking to Sid Caesar. And the camera came in, and Stanley made a close up and looked through the lens. And he said, Edie, what color are your eyes? She said, they're blue. And so I said, well, as I look in the lens, one of your eyes is blue and the other's green. What happened? She had lenses. So she put one green one in and one blue one in. Make up your mind what color your eyes are gotta be. <laughs> Shut up!